channels are open. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Blood of the Void, our Klingon live play of Star Trek Adventures. And uh, we're excited as hell to finally be going live with this game that Elisa and I started dreaming up about six months ago uh, when we were thinking about doing a game called Clear Skies, which you will find on this channel three nights out of the week uh, during the month. Um, I want to go ahead, before I get into the thank yous and everything else, I would love to just go down and start with uh, Christopher and just introduce uh, introduce yourselves, if you could please, my friends. <clears throat> As me? Um, As you. I, okay. I am uh, Chris Evans, improviser, writer, yada, yada, yada. Um, <laughs> been a lifelong uh, nerd, and uh, that's, that's, that's all I got. I don't know what else to say. That's uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Quincy. Hi, my name is Quincy Surismith. I'm an actor, improviser, uh, a podcast producer and Jimungo nerd, including a Star Trek nerd. Right on, Jade. Hello, I'm Jade Law, improviser and actor. <laughs> and I'm sorry that you have to follow that up, Philip. But Philip, <laughs> you're muted, Philip. Hey guys, uh -huh. we should have placed that on who was gonna, the first person was going to be. <laughs> the first one to do it. What's up, guys? <laughs> My name is Philip John Marie. I'm an actor, and I'm excited to be here. Kapla. And then, Kapla. And then uh, Aliza, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello. My name is Lisa Pearl, actor, writer, improviser, Trekkie, and Cleon. <laughs> All right. Yes, it's a good thing. We got a whole new group here. Um, before we jump into tonight's game, we've got a couple of things, some housekeeping to do real quick, some thank yous. To Thomas Maroney, as always, who did our design for our logos, Z Films, and you'll see what Z Films did for us here in just a moment. Jason Charles Miller, whom you will also see, did something for us in just a moment. Um, we want to thank all of our friends at Star Trek Online for constantly supporting us, uh, Clear Skies and Blood of the Void. It's been thrilling to, to partner up. Um, want to thank Q Times, of course. Without Q Times, we wouldn't have a platform to tell these stories. Um, Q Times just applied for partner, so we're crossing our fingers for you, Jake. Um, hope you get that. Um, thank you to the Clear Skies cast and, of course, the rest of the stream punks who are probably watching right now. We love you guys. We hope you're enjoying your night off, uh, you lazy bums. Y'all just had a very, very stress-free episode last week, and now you're just chilling and uh, hanging out at home. I can already tell that Sam DeLev is probably in chat throwing death threats at me. Um, so thank you to that. Um, and thank you to the Klingon fan empire, the Klingons around the world, um, and our supporters out there who've been really excited to see this game come to fruition. Thank you guys so much. We hope we deliver a story that you find worthy. Um, so we have a few announcements. <clears throat> um, the Day of Honor, which is a big deal. The Day of Honor is this coming Saturday. Streampunks, Star Trek Online, Eagle Moss, Hero Collector, and Modifius have all joined houses to honor Kales with a series of live-streamed panels. We'll be right here on Twitch on Q Times. It's this Saturday, July 11th, and it starts at 12 p.m. Pacific time or 8 p.m. BST. Um, Modifius, the Klingon source book, that's came out, that, that has been uh, announced today, um, and it will be available in PDF and hardcover, so definitely check that out. Um, 
Offer, okay. Uh, oh, yes. And after our, our next game on 27th, we will run this as a monthly campaign. So tune in here. Yes, indeed. So we're going to have our next game. What we're going to do is uh, Blood of the Void is a once-a-month campaign that we play at the end of every month. Um, because of our launch date and because of what's going up, we're going to get two games this month. So you're going to catch us here again on July 27th. Um, and then we will be back to our every three weeks, we will revisit our crew of the Klingon uh, Blood of the Void. So, yeah, definitely stay tuned to Clear Skies for details on that. Um, those are all the announcements I have. So before I, give in, before I sign into our game tonight, does anybody out there, do any of y'all have any announcements that you want to make? I didn't think so. It's our first episode. We don't really have much to announce. All right. Well, in that case, before we start the story, let me prepare all of you at home. This is a Star Trek story, yes, but it will also be a bloody story. But don't worry, when all hope is lost, trust that our heroes will die well. It's time to begin the story of the IKS Borku. The Federation star date for the time period in which we begin the story is 59062.61, also known to us humans as January 23rd. On the other side of the quadrant, in a place called Earth, right now on this day, a ship called the USS Ross is leaving space dock but a whole new journey has begun on the other side of the galaxy. We begin tonight's game with Commander Bemir beaming down onto Taigo Kor. This is the Klingon world for high command. It is the military hub of the Klingon Empire, a rocky, hot world where some of the greatest warriors the Klingon Empire has ever known are honored. This is where the Hall of Warriors can be found, where the Order of the Batleth inducts new members, where Klingon Imperial Intelligence makes its headquarters, and where Klingon High Command stations its greatest generals. This is also where you can find the Klingon shipyards. And indeed, as the IKS Borku came out of warp, arriving on the scene. What greeted her crew looking out through their viewport, their view screen, was the might of the Klingon fleet. Many of it still in a state of refit and repair from the Dominion War six years ago. 
Such were the losses and the destruction that was spread across the galaxy, the harm that was done to the Klingon military. But what a glorious victory. Worthy of ancestors, so many warriors lost, so many warriors raising their mugs in Stovokor. To those who still live, the vista of the Klingon forces is still a sight to behold. Hundreds of ships come and go in this system all the time. Many of them are stationed here on a permanent status in order to defend the Klingon homeworld and defend the Klingon high command. This ship, as it's come out of warp, has seen an array of battleships in orbit, including a few that are being constructed in space dock right now, including one of the new Negvar class warships. The Negvar, of course, is the next generation of Klingon battleships. It is, yes, Jody, massive. <laughs> a huge battle cruiser, the size of a galaxy class easily, with weaponry that would give even a Romulan at the helm of a Deridex class warbird pause. It is a warming to the blood to see this being constructed in the Klingon shipyards. But all about, too, are signs of the Defense Force's power. The shield generators that surround the planet, the drone ships that fly in orbit defending this planet. This is the bastion of Klingon military might, the heart of the warrior's fleet, as it were. However, the IKS Borku, a Kvort-class bird of prey, has been brought here not to celebrate its victories. It's been brought here because it has been summoned by a very angry general who wishes to speak to the new commander of the IKS Borku. As you materialize on the transporter pad and the red glow begins to part before your eyes, Bemir, you finally... Um, you finally materialize on the pad. Please describe what Commander Bemir looks like. Bemir is tall for human, compared to human standards. She's probably like 5'11". Um, she has broad hips, strong, strong thighs and lower body, slender upper body. She is calm. Um, but underneath the calm, there is this fire of indignation for being here. Um, <laughs> she has curly, curly, she has this hair, curly, curly, natural, kinky hair, Afro hair. Um, and yeah, that's what she looks like. When you materialize on the pad, you see a few of the Klingons that were waiting for you. Um, not an acknowledgement and respect as you appear one of the attaches approaches the transporter and says, Commander, she is waiting for you. Follow me. I follow. Walking behind this attache to the general, you were being led down these darkened corridors, which is typical of the Klingon culture. Klingons like it dark, dark and hot. And that is exactly what these corridors are. To a human, this would be very uncomfortable atmosphere. It's very warm, with shadows being cast across the hallways and reds and green lights glowing all about you. You walk past 
a lot of officers here from the KDF who are watching you suspiciously as you move past them. They see the emblem of your minor house upon your Klingon armor. You see some members of these KDF don't seem to recognize your emblem. Not surprising. Um, the House of Kavek is not well known yet, but that is soon to change. You're led down a few more winding passages and corridors, past a few more warriors who turn and gaze at you as you move past them, until you finally enter what looks like a large office area. Um, inside... In the hallway, I passed one of them, and I did one of the fake out that thing to one of the warriors. <laughs> okay. He just starts a glance at the one next to him, and there's a bit of a chuckle from his friends who watched him flinch a little bit. Um, <laughs> you, um, <laughs> you enter into the main hall area where the attache turns and looks at you and nods and says, you may go inside. I go inside. The heavy doors almost screech when they open. <laughs> As they separate, you see inside what looks like a tactical display area. This is a command center, for sure, as well as the office of a general. And in stepping within, not only do you see relics of battles past fought, but you see holographic displays indicating this, the tactical readiness of the entire planet, along with Klingon fleet positions uh, positioned throughout the quadrant, um, patrols reporting in, all of this real-time information that's flooding in through here on this large digital display that's basically glowing up from the floor, creating this massive hologram right in front of you of data readouts. On the other side of the room, amidst this red glow, is a Klingon woman adorned in... Uh, in <laughs> It would, be, it would be understating to say that she is not adorned in all of the refinery of a high-ranking general. You know her, of course, to be General LeDru. General LeDru is a member of Chancellor Martok's inner circle. She is one of the members of high command and one of his personal advisors. You know her by reputation. You've never met her. But judging from the message you got from her, her reputation is well-earned. The Klingons around her, when she's not listening or they think she's far away, call her the Space Witch. She is known for being harsh and direct, even for a Klingon. And when you step into the room, the greeting you get from her is the heavy clattering of her data pad on her desk as she tosses it with contempt onto the surface and leans back to look at you as the door closes behind you. And she slowly rises from her chair. She's not as tall as you, but Bamir, you would swear that this woman is aware that she is the largest woman to ever walk the Klingon Empire. By the way she holds herself, by the way she angles her chin, by the way she moves around the side of the desk, she knows her station. And without fear, she strides up to you and looks you in the eyes and says, So, you are the thief. General LeDru, I am appalled at that word. I thought perhaps you were being dramatic in your message to get me here sooner, but you really believe I am a thief? 
Who gave you your command? She turns on her heel and starts pacing back towards her desk, waiting for an answer. I don't believe there's anyone who needs to give me my command. Wrong! I made a house. I bought a ship. I have command. Yes, I see. The data here says that one of the members of a dying house gave you the last bit of property, and it has been cleared by the High Council. So... Then why am I here? Because, Commander, I ask you again, who in the Klingon Defense Force gave you command of a Klingon warship? No one. No one. No one. You want to know why you were here? Yes. you are I fail here. to see your point. Would you like to know my point, Commander? Yes. You are here because I intended to strip you of your command and your honor. But I can't do that. Because apparently, someone, when they claimed their command, also managed to save a Klingon shipyard from piracy, unthinkable, an embarrassment to the KDF. And yet you and your crew seem to have secured the yard and saved information from being stolen. And so High Command has ordered me not to tear the rank from your armor and send you back to Kornos in disgrace. Congratulations on your command. And you're welcome for that shipyard. Yes, the shipyard. I looked at your crew roster. She picks up a data pad again. You chose these members of your crew. Could you not find anyone else? I didn't want anyone else. Hmm. These are the finest warriors I found for my crew. They are skilled. There is no question. I see an undisciplined ragtag crew. A chaotic crew. And I see someone who has never taken command of a ship before. What makes you think you are worthy of leading these warriors into battle? General LeDru, perhaps you came up in a world where you needed everyone else's validation before you carved out your place. I do not live in that world. If you want me to explain myself, I can do that. But I won't need any advice or any judgment from you. So if you have anything besides those two things to tell me, I will stay. And if not, then I should get back to my crew. She leans back in her chair and she says, what do you see when you look at me, Commander? I see, I see someone who is threatened by someone younger and more agile, and starting their command. You That's are what I see. a fool. 
What do your eyes tell you when you look at me? You're afraid. No. More basic. What do you see sitting behind this desk? Not a general. Tell me what you see. A Klingon woman. Yes. A general in the inner circle of Chancellor Martok. So, knowing that and being who you are, I dare you to tell me once more that I am used to having things comfortably given to me, that I am used to having things a certain way, that I am not used to having to take what I know I am worthy of, what I am deserving of when surrounded by fools. I dare you. Seeking my validation? I do not require the validation from my lessers. And my general's rank gives me all I need. What I see from you is an insubordinate child who isn't ready for command. You have much to prove to me if you want to keep that chair. And you're going to be given that chance. And she tosses a data pad across the room to you. I pick it up. And I look at it, but I also stroll over to the wall where there were, I think you said weaponry and also holographic projections mm-hmm. of. Yeah, you see like holographic displays and yeah, old weapons and stuff. I walk over to there, but also looking at the data pad. The data pad are orders from Klingon Defense Force. You distinctly pick up the word Nausicaan and just glancing over it. What do the orders say? You are being ordered to a sector in space to uncover the location of the Nausicaan Raiders. The name of the system is called the Rintec system. It's believed, Klingon intelligence, Imperial intelligence believes that the Nausicaan Raiders that attacked the station that you rescued, they believe that that is currently where they are hiding. And the Borku has been ordered to find them and to capture the vessel if possible. It also mentions data that has been stolen. It also mentions that you have the permission of the Klingon High Command to destroy the vessel if you're unable to recapture the data. Okay. But capture is first? It's preferred. Um, and at that point, as you've, as you've paused to read the details, you hear the general's voice pick up behind you and say, you almost managed to stop them from stealing everything. They did, in fact, steal data from the station, not in the command center. Though, I will confess, you did well stopping them from stealing the data from the command center. It would appear that your ship was not what they were after, not like we initially thought, just as you did. We thought they were there to steal a Klingon warship that had been laying in waste for nearly a decade. But as it turns out, they were there for something else. We need to find out what, and we think they managed to obtain it. Imperial intelligence also believes that they were hired, that they are working for someone else. 
this seemingly useless bit of information obviously has great value. If you can capture the vessel so we can learn more, do so. If not, turn them into ashes. General, did these orders come directly from the High Council? No, they are from me. As much as I do not like you, Commander, the truth is, I admire you, your ambition, your drive to take. It is not unlike how I began, and you deserve your chance. I've seen your battle records from the Dominion War. While other Klingons may hold it against you that you come from a family that values money, I can tell, looking into your eyes, that behind your petulance and ego, there is a warrior and a good commander. And I know you've tasted Nausicaan blood and want to finish the job you began. So, this is your chance. She says the big toothy grin. And then she leans back again and she says, I'm also amused to find that the Ikeas Boku is your ship. Do you know the history of that ship? I do not. Mm, I'm not surprised. Few do. The Borku is an old ship. I thought her lost. I was surprised to see her in the manifest. The Borku was the original. When we were much, much longer ago now, before you were born perhaps, when the Empire was commissioning new versions of warships to be made, the Borku was the first of her kind. She was the larger version of the Burrell class. And when she was created, it was assumed that the only engineering feats that needed to be required is simply to make a Burrell bigger. <laughs> of course, once they constructed a larger class vessel, they discovered that the 45 degree angle across the bow did not, the 45 degree angle of the wings were no longer necessary in order to channel the appropriate amount of energy to the disruptors in such a smaller craft. And so she was reworked and scrapped. And the next vessel became the first of her class, the Cavort. It is fitting that you should have this ancient mistake of a ship. Don't you agree? General, I know you and the High Council look down upon people not born into the warrior class, but it is my lifelong mission to show you why you all are classist and wrong. We are classist and wrong. She rises again and begins to walk over to you with a different body posture this time. She approaches you and looks up at you. She says, I am from the house of Martok. You will not find Gauron's philosophies in our house. We do not look for the warrior caste Bemir of House Kavek. We look for warriors. 
And your story is the life of a warrior who has been looked over again and again and again. Just like the Borku. So, I find it fitting that your story begins here. Your orders stand. Go. I um, I soften a bit at that last thing, and I nod. Um, I turn. Um, I just give her one last look before I leave. Kapla. Kapla. And I go. You step out, heading back to your ship. To your left, you can see the Hall of Warriors in the haze of the morning. You can hear the clangs of batleths inside, the shouts and roars of rage and joy. And for a moment, your heart, your Klingon heart is filled. What you realize now, Bemir, is that this hardened general might be the closest ally you have in high command. By the time you reach the transporter pad, you realize she is trying to forge you. Just as the energy overtakes your body, breaking you down molecule by molecule and sending you back to your ship, the IKS Borku. Our next scene begins with the doors to the turbo lift. As the lift opens, you step out onto the bridge and you see your crew. One by one, I want to start with Jade. If you could describe Adaj. Yeah, Adaj looks pretty much like me, except there's a huge difference. I'm 5'3 and a half. Adaj is 5'2. So I'm playing about inch and a half to the best of my ability. Uh, <laughs> so Adaj is a very small Klingon. Uh, everyone towers over her. Uh, she has, she's wearing a big coat that has a ton of pockets and little hidey holes everywhere. Mm -hmm. And yeah, other than that, pretty much this one right here. Nice. Quincy, what station are you at and what do you look like? Lieutenant Ramyan is at the helm station. Uh, he is also bald with a classic Klingon goatee. Um, he <laughs> is lighter tone skinned uh, with um, about 5'10 or 1.75 meters. And he is sort of a, a little bit older. He's pushing, he's entering his Klingon middle age and flecks of gray start to appear in his uh, goatee. Um, not his hair though, as he has none on the head. And uh, he wears a standard Klingon uniform um, and uh, has a slightly stocky build. Someone who is trained for combat, but maybe not the tallest and largest of the warriors. All right. Philip, please give us your description and what station you're currently seated at. Yes, I am Olmec, son of Bosch, and I'm the lieutenant science officer. I am uh, six foot one with a uh, slightly tone build, not, not a stocky Klingon, but um, this tone build allows me to... Uh, be a very agile hunter. I'm a hunter as well as a expert with the bat left. All right. And then over at the security station, Christopher, if you wouldn't mind giving us a description. 
I am Kotarayan. I am tall even by Klingon standards. I sit at seven feet tall, but I lack uh, extremely noticeable ridges, but I look like a classic Vulcan in that I have giant eyebrows. My dreads cover um, what I like to not uh, give people a reason to kill them for, my very pointy ears that show that I am a half Vulcan as well. Um... You step out onto the bridge. You all see your commander return. From what you knew was going to be a dressing down, you were not sure if Bamir was coming back. Um, you do know that the message that she got from high command was not happy, <laughs> which was a bit of a surprise considering your stunning victory three days ago at the shipyards. Um, by the way, currently, the Borku is staffed up. Capable of housing up to 500 warriors, you currently have a crew of 250 on board, which is more than enough to not only crew the Borku, but also it is enough to actually have some Beck warriors that can, in, that can conduct military operations. Um, but you see the, your commander step back onto the bridge. I say, ho, commander! And I also say, how's that space witch doing? <laughs> <laughs> she was surprisingly supportive and we have we have a mission oh that's that is surprising she's, yes she's real mean i've talked to her a couple times uh, she is uh, something she's something else i will tell you that Idaj. oh we must set a course for for the Rintech system. Setting course for Rintech system. And I need you all to know that if you liked getting a taste of Nausicaan blood, we have more of that ahead of us. <laughs> I can't wait. Are we to destroy <laughs> them, Captain? Are we what? Are we to destroy them? We are to capture or destroy. I have some thoughts about why they would tell us to capture and not just destroy them. We should discuss that on our way there. What warp would you like to set? Oh, yes. Uh, how far away is it? Uh, let's see. It is about 15 light years. Oh, that's pretty close. So... Yeah, as the galaxy goes, not, not too bad, actually. <laughs> How about, uh, let's say, warp five. Warp five, okay. So, warp helm. Factor five. At warp five, oh, you, actually, you might want to go a little faster. <laughs> I'm looking at this calculator. How long will it take? Um, this is funny. So, at warp factor five, because the calculator I'm using, the war at warp factor five, 15 light years will take you 27 days, 6 hours, 57 minutes. <laughs> Oh, no, no. Warp eight. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> warp eight. <laughs> warp eight. Increasing warp speed to warp eight. Awaiting okay. your order for engage. Ra'amyan, engage warp. Engaging warp, commander. All right. Um, leaving the system, you... The IKS Borku begins to pull around and... Angling yourself outside the system, you jump to warp. Um, at warp eight, it is going to take you five days to reach the system. Um, 
Now, in that time, as new players to the game, this is something we do on Clear Skies all the time. During that time, if there are any scenes you would like to have with other players or other characters, warp is a perfect time to have it. Five days is a perfect time to have some time to yourself, to do your duties, to show us a little bit of who your character is. And it's okay if you don't want to do that at all. And that'll actually just cause us, as Star Trek would do in television, we would just cut to you arriving five days later at the scene. So if anybody would like to have a scene with somebody else, I open the floor to you all. Otherwise, we can arrive at our destination. Uh, excellent, Dodge. Let's go ahead and duel. We got to show our, uh, I need to show the recruits how this is done. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, let's duel. Okay. Oh, man. Already. Already the chaos begins. Um, okay. So there is a, tra- this is a cavort class bird of prey. So, um, although technically it's a, it's a Borku class, but it is a, it is a cohort class bird of prey. So there actually is a training hall on board this vessel. It is, um, on deck. I think it's on deck three. It's been temporarily set up as a training hall, which is actually a cargo bay, currently empty. But the Klingons on board the vessel have set it up as a training facility. So when you both walk in, there are a couple of Klingons leaving, rubbing their arms and whatnot, nodding to you in respect. Inside this training hall, you can see a couple of banners. One is a small banner to the House of Quebec. Um, you also see, the, of course, the Klingon emblem blazed, emblazoned up on a banner that's kind of torn. You know from looking at it, this Klingon, this, this particular banner is actually a holdover from the Dominion War um, and was brought on board the ship to sort of honor those who were lost. Hangs over what looks like a rack of batleths and mechleths, as well as a few swords and uh, training daggers. Uh, when you two walk in, there's only a few people in here who are milling about and talking and chatting. A few of them shouting at each other to stop talking and train. And the two of you enter. What would you like to do? Uh, I'd like to pick up something like, uh, is there a sheet pan or like something loud? Like, uh, I don't want to disrespect a bat left, but I want to clang something real loud. Can I clang something? Clang something real loud? I mean, yeah, the, the bat left, I mean... In your hands, if you want to clang a batleth, you can. If anybody's okay. got a problem with it, they can talk to the XO. Uh, yeah. I'm going to take two batlefs and pick them up and clang them together over my head and say, Qatar has challenged me to a duel. Let's all gather around and watch this. So <laughs> I want to I point out, I want to point out something rather funny. A batleth is approximately five feet long. So... A, <laughs> As Adage holds these two batlets up, she's literally holding blades that are almost as tall as she is, <laughs> clanging them together, screaming that uh, she's been challenged to a duel. Um, however, in just three days, the crew has learned not to find this funny and has managed to actually make room, especially when metal clangs against metal and Adage is the one responsible. So heads turn and look. Everyone gets um, quiet. I want to open up the comms. Fools, come down here and learn how a warrior fights. Are you, you basically calling to, the the to come watch you? To the, younger, to the younger crew, they need to come watch their captains fight so we can show them how it's done. So you are tactical officer, but you're also chief weapons officer. 
and your chief of security. So those Becks who respond directly to you do begin to filter in after a few moments. Um, a few of them were here on the deck. It doesn't take long for a few others to arrive, but Klingons begin to enter this cramped, now becoming more cramped space, forming to what is starting to look like a fight club as they all start sort of packing themselves in to watch. There's a lot of murmuring, a lot of laughter, a lot of excitement. Um, the uh, the Becks getting a chance to watch their commanding officers beat the hell out of each other sounds great to them. And they're all just surrounding the lot of you. You can just... The, the, the temperature of the room, even with environmental controls, has gone up dramatically as all these Klingons cram into the room together. You guys have probably about a six by eight space between the two. Not very big. And that's taking into account swinging bat lifts. Uh, all right. I, I want to um, take off my coat and show all the cuts I have. Oh my you remove God. your body armor? There's just cuts on this on my body. So Kotar bare chest this, <laughs> removes his body armor, pulls it down. You Did see, <clears throat> yeah, you see the scars. Um, Kotar, you would know, Adaj, Kotar has had an interesting life. It's when Klingons look at Kotar, they see two things. They see a forehead that's smoother than theirs. And in Klingon society, in their eyes, that's something you should be embarrassed about. And they also see the pointed ears. Klingons don't see a Vulcan when they look at Kotar. Their mind immediately goes to Romulan. It is an insult on top of an insult that he has had to deal with his entire life. And the scars across his great chest prove it as he drops the body armor to the ground. Captain. What are you doing, Dodge? Uh, in response to him dropping his body armor, I just grab my like coat and armor and pull it tighter around me. I kind of pull like a little hood over my head, so it's kind of harder to see my face. Mm -hmm. uh, I start to crouch in the corner. You have your daggers, your yep, signature weapon. Oh, I have several daggers on me right now. Um, I pull two of them out, and I'm okay. crouching in the corner, and I'm kind of like shuffling around. Okay. So... Kotar, you've seen Adaj do this. Um, she, she looks like some kind of predatorial reptile when she does this. When she pulls this hood up and crouches low and starts to sway back and forth. What's more terrifying about her battle stance is you can't see the dagger she has in her hands. You know they're there, but you can't see them. You can hear the clacking noise as the two blades branch out. Typical of a dick dagger. Unusual for a Klingon to wield two at once, but you know she's got them. And there's more on her body as well. Um, are you picking your favorite weapon as well? While she does that, I'm going to tighten up my arm bands. And I okay. ask her first to five cuts. And then I grab my bet left. Which five has, cuts? Which looks, well, it looks different. It's like, it looks like a bow and arrow, but it has the other side as well. It's like two reverse bow and arrows. <laughs> and I spring that two times. So let's give them a good show. Um, okay, so five cuts. I, 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 I would be surprised if this lasts five cuts. <laughs> um, we are now going to do, um, at this point, I think what we're going to do is I'm going to roll a die. And I'm going to, this is kind of an unusual, so we're kind of doing this on the fly, but I just want to leave this to chance. 
So Star Trek Adventures does not inherently have an initiative role system, but it also doesn't always have a PvP moment like we're about to have. So I'm going to leave this to chance. I'm going to say a dodge is even. And you, Chris, your guy, good old Kotar, son of Ayan, is odd. And here we go. Okay, Kotar, you've got initiative. Ha ha. <laughs> um, then I want to faint for her legs and go for a punch when she jumps. Okay. <laughs> so it's common for people to think that a batleth is a slow, clumsy weapon when compared to other Klingon weapons. And these are typically people who forget that a batleth is meant to supplement a Klingon warrior, not replace a Klingon warrior. And following those tactics, you do a classic maneuver of making it look like you're putting your, the entire force of your blow into the swing, but in fact, the real attack is coming from your hands. So you are going to make... This is going to be a daring security check, difficulty one, and Idaj, you also are making a, a, a roll here, but because of the skills that you have that you have learned using martial arts, and because of the skill that you have, um, you are able to supplement your medicine check in place of security. This is reflecting your ability to know the body of your opponent. Applying the skills that you have learned and using them to maximum effect. You've fought Kotar before. He's big. He's scary. You've seen him behead two Nausicans in one swing. You know a little bit about how he fights. So that's how you're using this to your advantage. So you are going to make a daring medicine check at a difficulty of one. So go ahead and roll your D20s. <laughs> tell me what y'all get. I got a one. That's a crit. And a five. That's uh, martial arts. That's For you, I think that's also a crit, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I have five medicine, and I also have a Mokbara focus. And we decide, okay. I got a one. Four. You got a one in what? I got two successes. I got a one and a 14. Okay, so that's actually... Because you, you, have, you have focus in Batleth, right? Or focus yes, in... Yes, I do. Batleth and... Yes, I do. Okay, so that one's a crit. You actually get three successes. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take the most successes, which was four, and we're going to use that to add three momentum to your pool. Everybody gets three momentum here. And as you go in for that punch, Adaj, you get to hit Kotar instead because you beat the roll. By one success. <laughs> um, with that, I'm going to dodge since I've seen him do this before. And I choose an uppercut with one of my blades uh, right on the inside of his rib cage. Uh, but I'm trying to avoid any vital organs. So I just want to stick a dagger deep inside him. So you are going to stab him then? I am going to stab him. Okay. <laughs> and I want to leave right. the dagger in there to ensure that he doesn't bleed out too quickly. Sure. I mean, if you're going to be stabbed by anybody, you might as well be the XO, who's also the ship's medic. So um, go ahead, and uh, this is your, you made your attack roll, so you've hit him instead using uh, your blade. So now you're going to roll your damage. Okay. So you're a dick talk. 
and it's going to be against it's your dick talk and your medicines your medicine score okay so i think the dick talk has damage two or do i use a base uh the the dick talk has a damage of oh that's a good question i think it's two yeah let me pull that up yes <laughs> all right so i have five medicine and two dick talk so is that seven rolls uh five uh you're gonna roll five six yeah that's seven dice so seven d6 Oh, let me write this down. Three, three, <laughs> this is nuts. Seven. I love that the first blood being drawn in this game is your is each other's. Darn, so many threes and fours. Uh, oh no. Okay. All right. Uh, three, one, three, four. Uh, seven damage plus one effect. Okay, Dick Talk has Vicious. So that's, so here's the thing. Jesus Christ. So here's the thing with that. That's gonna be a total of eight damage. Five damage is an injury and would usually drop somebody immediately. But typically Klingons have armor that would have helped with this, but Kotar being like as metal as he is, removed his armor so he could take the full brunt of this. Um, so here's what's gotta happen now. In order to avoid injury and to keep going, you're going to have to actually spend uh, two momentum here, Kotar. Otherwise, she's gonna drop it. you in one hit. I'm doing it. Okay. <laughs> you feel this dick dagger bury itself into the side of your chest. It may have missed vital organs, but it was a it was a debilitating strike. She's not doing your typical sparring rules here at all. She jammed a blade into your chest. And there's some shouts of alarm and cries of like howls of delight as she pulls the knife free and there's blood all over the blade. You feel the sharp stabbing pain between your ribs, but it's not enough to his credit. You see Kotar kind of stumble and look at the blade, the wound, and he does not go down. <laughs> In fact, he's still standing. Um, so that's going to be a new round. Um, it's going to be your action again, Kotar. Oh, uh, no. This would actually be, this would actually, yeah, that's right. Um, I didn't use my talent last time. Can I use that in this situation of uh, quick to action? Where you retain initiative? Yeah. So it's tricky because in, in 1v1, when you're using melee in 1v1, initiative is almost a moot point because the attacks are happening at the exact same time. So it almost doesn't matter who's initiating them. Okay. Um, so what you can do is after this attack, you'll be able to attack again. Okay. All right, tight. No matter, or actually, we could actually say you can attack again now and... Uh, you should be able to get good to go. So this is a 1v1. Re read off what that talent does for, for us. Uh, I'm that you and your allies may ignore the normal cost to retain the initiative. Right. Okay. So in this case, it's actually really not going to... I should have used Killer Instinct is actually what I wanted to use. Uh, well, it's going to be your... Uh, when you choose to make a lethal attack, you uh, do not add threat in doing so. In addition, whenever your enemy can attempt to make a lethal attack against you, you may add one threat to increase the difficulty of your attack by one. You react to their intent. So you, can, 
So just just to be clear, you can make her, the difficulty higher for her, and I gain threat. Is that correct? I believe so. Okay. Why? But I'm not going to do that. I just <laughs> was reading that up. I couldn't. Okay. But um, um, I'm going to go. You know what, XO? That was a very good attack. Do you still want to keep fighting? Because I respect the swing of your bat left. What a funny question. And then I turn and I swing it out. <laughs> roll. <laughs> Both of you roll again. <laughs> roll again. Same, uh, same as last time. Madison, okay. Yep. Same as last time. Difficulty is one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um. I got a 10 and an 18, so I got one success. I got one a success. I got a five and a 12. That's two successes. Here comes the Batleth. Um, all right. So, Kotar, you are now going to roll your security plus the base damage of a Batleth, which is a monstrous three points of damage being a heavy blade. It has vicious one. So, uh, go ahead and make your... Oh, you know what? We... It, oh, that's okay. Uh, it looks like it looks like a, a um, uh, Klingon dagger. Actually, it does uh, one damage, but that's fine. It's okay because it was still an injury either way, so it doesn't really matter. Um, so go ahead and roll five dice plus three more, so eight total, Kotar, as you bring this batleth down. While Kotar is trying to kill me, uh, I'm gonna go around and high five the backs on the side row. <laughs> if only you could do that in like the space of the swing, you just bolt from combat, high five everybody, come back and take the hit. <laughs> All the time while this is going on, I'm watching it on the monitor, and then I go on the comm system and I'm like, I got next. <laughs> okay. okay, are you ready for this? Yes, go ahead and make your roll. I got four, six, five, two, one, six, five. I got a so four, much, but I didn't count it. How much is that? Plus how many effects? Um, how many? The effects are fives and sixes? Yes, and they count as one. Okay, so four is nothing. One, four is nothing and three is nothing. I got four ones plus four effects, and then I got a two and a one. So total, you got four, five, six, seven damage with two effects? Yes. So that's nine damage. Okay. So if I remember correctly, you guys do not have any momentum left to avoid injury. I have one. It costs two. Well, I only have one. <laughs> <laughs> but how many successes did you roll in the attack? This one? One. I rolled two. So you actually gain one momentum, so you actually do have one momentum. You can burn two momentum right now to avoid injury, but you're going to take how much? What, this is nuts. How, what, is your, what is your stress level? What is, what is your stress level, uh, Idaj? 11. 11, okay. So you're, you're not in, in trouble. But essentially, the two of you go back and forth, swinging, dodging, moving. Kotar is ignoring the bleeding wound he has in his side. And as he goes for a, a swipe right over your head, you duck low and just too late, you realize it was a feint. And using the skill of the Batlet, the fact that it has two blades arcing on both sides in a crescent, you see as the swing passes right over you, he skillfully flips the other end over on top 
and drives it straight towards the ground in a very unorthodox counterattack. The blade catches you on your back and cuts right down like a knife cutting through a bread, slicing right across your ribs, hitting hard and deep. It's enough to almost knock you on your ass, but you're going to spend two momentum to avoid injury? Sure. Okay. So y'all burn two injury. So again, no honor is lost here. As a batleth crashes down into your five-one commander, and she five-two commander, and she doesn't drop. This batleth that's literally her size crashes into her ribs and drives deep. There's a shock and a cry of alarm and roar of victory from everyone around as their two commanding officers are now bleeding profusely. Now, as the GM, I'm going to tell you both that neither one of you can withstand another hit. Okay. Um, can I, think, I? I think we accomplished the mission. Can I, can I take an action here? I mean, yes, it is. Your, you can take an action. Uh, I want to take my hand, stick it in the blood dripping down my back, and then I'm going to, like, slap it on my face. So there's a bloody handprint on my face. And I go over and I slap Kotar's face with it, too. And I say, our blood is one. There is a roar from around you as all the warriors shout and cheer at their two commanding officers, bloodying each other in front of the crew, showing no fear of death, showing no fear of pain, slicing into each other, and then showing the camaraderie afterwards, rouses a chant, we are Klingons, from everyone around you over and over until it reaches a thunderous level. And you feel your warrior hearts open up even as the pain is coursing through your bodies. When this is done, you both are going to the infirmary. <laughs> um, and this is how the scene concludes, is that as you sit there looking up at Kotar, towering over you with a big grin on his face, your blood running down the side of his beard, your, his blood pouring down the side of his body, the two of you brutally injured, grinning at each other. You receive a report later, Commander, um, and you as well, <laughs> Omek, you all hear news that both the first officer and the chief of security are going to have to spend the next six hours in the infirmary while their wounds are tended to. Um, the great irony is, is, of course, the woman who is responsible for engaging in this fight with Kotar is also the one curing the wounds <laughs> and soldering them closed and using regenerative tools to close up the gap and heal the flesh. Looking back over, though, I'm going to do this because that was, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and reward the group one momentum to reflect morale on the ship after this show to the crew. Word spreads quickly throughout the ship and stories become a little ridiculous, but no one, no one, no one glosses over the fact that the chief of security was stabbed in his ribs and didn't drop and that this 5-2-X-O who's the Klingons are now calling you made out of Durasteel, didn't drop. Morale on the crew runs high. Um, if there are no other scenes, we can cut to, unless anybody else has any requests. Yeah. What do you, what do you got for us, Ramyan? Uh, just a short scene with our commander, just to ask uh, her about her interaction with the, high, uh, with, uh, the general. 
High command. So we'll say you are currently in your captain's quarters, the equivalent of the ready room off to the side of the bridge, looking over uh, reports coming in from the Becks of everyone training. A lot of the day-to-day, the worst part about being captain, but also somewhat calming. It gives you meditation. Bamir, when you hear a chirping sound followed by the heavy doors of your room go sliding open, and you see Ramyan standing in the doorway. Now, Amyan, what is it? What do you Come want? On, uh, a moment. I wanted to see if General Lru's reputation precedes her, and if she lived up to that reputation. Oh, oh, oh she did. But Amyan, she was much more complex than I thought she would be. The space which. There's so much more to her than that. I think she actually wants me to do well, surprisingly. It is unsurprising. The workings of the inner inner council and the closest consorts and advisors are complicated in my experience. Mm. But if you say she has confidence in you, or at least enough to give you assignments, Perhaps it is good. It is a great position to carry favor, especially with one who is in the house of Martok himself. Oh yes. She is well positioned to do us favors down the line. It's true. Would you like me to make sure that she has no enemies who might wish us less success than she would? Yes, and Ramyan. I also wanted to confer with you and the other bridge officers. Remember when we took the station back from the Nausikins? Yes, it was a glorious victory. Yes, it was. It, it seemed that there... Didn't it seem that the Nausikins must have had some inside information to be able to take the station in the first place? I suspected as much as well. How would they know if there was even anything there? The exactly. Or whatever else they might have taken. Exactly. I want you to look into this. I want you to use whatever political connections you may have and find any connection of a high council member, including Ledru, with Nausicans. Do you suspect she is sending us into a trap? Deceiving you with her confidence? Well, why would a Klingon general tell us to capture anyone? Capture Nausicaan raiders? For what purpose? Why not just destroy them on sight? It is true that in times of battle we are to take no prisoners, but perhaps there is something of higher value than merely lives and victory here. There was data they said they did managed to get off of the station. But that is another question I have, because when we went to the computers, you, you and Omek checked, and it looked like they couldn't even get into the computer. So what data could they have taken? A curious some, question, indeed. Yes, there are some inconsistencies, and I will follow these orders, but I do want us to have caution. It is a wise action to take. I shall look look into it. Thank you. I'll also let the other senior officers know about 
our suspicions and to be wary going into this Gnostic and Raider mission. A warrior should always be ready. Yes. So would, would you like to call like a staff meeting on the bridge and inform everybody what's going on? Yeah, I mean, probably just okay. right now. Yeah, just yeah. have them all. So you step out of the ready room and move onto the bridge. Um, at this point, uh, you're stepping out of the ready room. About the time you see your first officer um, still having what looks like a stain on the side of her face, perhaps, where maybe a hand was, a print, um, stepping back onto the bridge along with the chief of security who's walking out behind her and in much the same condition. Um, both of them, you can tell, are masking the desire to hunch over <laughs> in spite of their wounds, but neither one of them do. They resume their stations just as you walk out. We are approaching the Rintec system. I want you all to know that we should be wary. This Nausicaan mission may not be what it seems. Be on guard. We are to capture these raiders. But if that is not possible, do not hesitate to destroy them. Is that clear? Aye, Captain. Ah. Yes, Commander. Yes, Commander. Ra'amyan, how far away are we? How far I away are we? I can give you that information. You guys, at this point, we can go ahead and say you're an hour away. All right. ETA, one more hour, Commander. Are we in sensor range? You will be very quite soon, actually, um, which raises the question, would you like to engage the cloaking device? Yes. <laughs> okay. So here's what we're going to do. You guys have the IKS Borku sheet ready? Go ahead and mark down. Um, we're, I'm not going to ask you to mark down anything for, for jumping to warp because you've been at warp for five days. So... That power has returned to you. The scene has changed. But engaging the cloak, um, you're going to actually have to drop out of warp. So by the time you leave uh, warp, you'll be able to engage the cloaking device. Um, it will probably be enough that you guys won't be detected. Okay. But no, dropping, out of cloak at the edge of the, dropping out of warp at the edge of the system and engaging cloaking device. Yeah. Okay. Drop warp and engage cloaking. Okay. Dropping warp, Commander. Okay. So we'll go ahead and speed up the clock a little bit. The IKS Borku arrives in what is now called the Rintek system. This is a system that is filled with planets that are useless. Big rocks in space. They don't serve any purpose and they wouldn't do any good to the Empire. As the Borku drops out of warp, off the bat, I can go ahead and tell you, Omek, this is a time for you to run a scan, um, to scan the system and see what is out there. Standard procedure. So we're going to have you make a roll. You are going to roll your reason plus science. Your sensors focus will absolutely come into play here. And who would like to roll for the IKS Borku. 
Okay. So we'll do this. First, Philip, go ahead and make Omex uh, go ahead and make Omex roll here. It's a difficulty of zero. One success. One success. You're gonna gain one momentum. So now go ahead and roll for the IKS Borku, who's gonna do that. I'll do it. Okay, so the Borku is going to roll her sensors plus uh, science. So that's going to bring you a total of 10. Don't forget to mark down three power from the Borku's uh, maximum power rating. Just to check, what is our sensor and our science uh, stat? Your sensors are nine. Your science is two. So is that 11 or? Yes. So the roll for this is going to be 1d20, and you need to roll 11 or under. Wait, are, are you rolling for it? Quincy? No, I just wanted to make sure the numbers was right. He said 10 earlier. Okay, I got a 9. You rolled a 9? Okay, so that's yeah. another success from the Borku. So, two momentum. Um, you do a quick scan of the system, Omek, and the sensors return the following information to you. There are two planets in the system. One is completely uninhabitable. Um, using the Klingon classifications, um, most of these aren't even in the level of classifications that are worth a damn. There is one class two planet, Yon class, about the size of Mars. The other planet is a gas giant with 26 moons orbiting around it. Um, the smaller planet that is more rocky based is a little bit closer to the sun, which is a main sequence star and is huge, about three times the size of Earth's sun. There is an asteroid belt towards the inner part of the system, separating the gas giant and the rocky world that you see, the class two planet. If you would like to know more about the system and what you see, you can spend momentum to obtain information. If you remember, you actually have studious. So instead of asking one question of the GM, you can ask two. This reflects Omex's ability to science. Commander, with your permission, I'd like to initiate scanners and also ask the GM more questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah. you, yeah. so out, of, out of the pool that no, you just got, uh, you're going to spend one momentum. What question would you like to ask? And you can ask your party members for suggestions, if you'd like. Any suggestions? If, do you guys want to... Oh, and let me give you this information, too, before you do, so that you don't waste a question. You don't immediately detect the signs of any vessels in the system. That was going to be my question. Yeah. <laughs> I want to make sure that you, uh, you don't waste that. Yeah. Can I ask just a clarification? Was it two yes. planets? So a gas giant, a rocky Mars-sized planet, and an mm -hmm. asteroid? Asteroid belt. The, the gas giant has 26 moons. All right. But no vessels in the area. No vessels detected in the area. Main sequence star, about three times larger than the Earth's sun. Maybe we should have a large orbits. What's that? Maybe we should ask about a base. Any structures on any of the moons or planets? With 26 moons, if you're going to scan them, it's going to take a while. Um, what about uh, any ship, like uh, warp signals or engine, you know? Exhaust trails. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like that kind of thing. See if a ship has been there recently. Um, okay. I, 
I would also suggest maybe asking, like, knowing Nausicaan culture or history, what is the most likely place for them to hide in this system, whether it's on a moon or a planet or in the asteroid belt? Ooh, I would make that I would make that a security role, um, like tactics warfare or knowledge war, something like that. I Did don't I know. If you, that? What's that? Can I assist whoever does that role? Because I have yes. Some so we'll, we can get to that in a second, but I would say that's a separate role if you if you want to put two and two together on that one. For Omec, you want Omec to ask if there's any warp signatures or any trails in the system. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. I can confirm that, yes, sensors are, in fact, detecting that there has been activity in the system. It's not coming from you guys. There has been a ship in this system. It is close to the asteroid belt. That's the answer to your first question. You get a free second question. Do you have... what, what kind of life are we working with? If, if that is acceptable. I need to know what I need to kill. Well, it's, they're Nausicans, according to intelligence reports. Should we hone in for a structure in the asteroid belt? Is that too much to, to scan? Uh, you could, you can use, you can use an obtained information check to see if there's any traces of maybe energy signatures coming from a structure in the asteroid belt. If that's what you want your question to be. It's up to Omec ultimately, but you guys as a crew can help him decide. Yeah, maybe uh, if we can, am I, if we can see where the energy signals, signals converge to see maybe where they came from or where they went to, if it points oh. to something. Question, Commander. Is there also a way to scan for possible, like, sentry weapons in that asteroid belt? Like, maybe uh, any type of defense mechanisms that might be deterring us from entering into the system? I think I would that would be your <laughs> as technical, yeah. right? I would probably rule that that would be part of the scan for energy signatures and a good, like, Trek way of phrasing it to try to locate anything that might be in that system. Um, if you want that to be your question, and Jade, um, you didn't miss anything. They're just coming up with, we're just coming up with questions to ask. It looks like the crews decided that they want the second question to get the information they get from the sensor scan is whether or not there are emplacements or structure of some kind that's generating energy in the asteroid belt. Uh, but um, just to clarify from the Mir's council, they said that there would be a Nauskin ship in this sector, right? That's what Imperial Intelligence has claimed. They believe the Nauskin raiders that attacked the shipyard you rescued fled to this system and that they have not left. They also don't believe that the Nausicans are aware that they've been discovered. Yeah, I was just trying to clarify if we're looking for a ship specifically here or just like them in this area. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. What would you like to do, Omek? I, I mean, I think we should look for uh, structures and follow that, that trail. That lead sounds good to you? If the commander's okay with that. All right, looking at the sensor data, you do not detect the presence of any structures within the asteroid field. It's a pretty large asteroid field. Um, in, in Earth measurements, it's about one AU. So it's 
the, the orbit around the sun here is tremendous. Technically, it would take you hours of scanning to really thoroughly go through the asteroid field and be able to locate if there is anything. But your sensors are going and telling you that there's no immediate energy to signatures detected that are from a structure. You do have evidence that a warp signature has been detected in the system, though. You, can't, you can get an approximate position of the asteroid field, but you can't get an exact location. Okay, that was the science scan. You guys are currently proceeding under cloak, so nobody knows you're here right now. Can we do my uh, security question then of where is the most likely place for sure. the hide? Um, now, your commander is going to assist on this. Who would like to roll for that? Would you like to roll for it, Jade? It's going to be a... This is actually going to be... I might actually say that this is a... Trying to pinpoint, I might say this is a reason security check. Then I'll do it. Reason security check, and you can use um, your focus of like knowledge warfare or tactics or anything yeah, like that. I have special tactics and tactical systems. Can I use either of those? You can. Are you guys cool with uh, Kotar taking point on that role? Yeah. Bamir, and you have a focus too for this, right? Yeah, Bamir's going to assist. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead and make your roll. I'm going to set the difficulty of this. I'm actually going to spin some threat because I haven't spent any threat this game. I'm going to spin two threat to roll to raise the complication range. So now, if you roll an 18 or higher, it's a complication. <laughs> Are you having flashbacks, Aliza? <laughs> All right. So um, go ahead and make your reason security check, and the difficulty of this is going to be two. Tell me what you get. How many successes you get? I got one. One success? Yeah. All right. So, Aliza, you can roll as well for the assist, and then someone is going to... Oh, wait. No, actually, you wouldn't use the Borku here. So, Aliza, Bamir is the only one that can help su succeed this roll. Um, oh, actually, no, because he actually failed the base roll. It was difficulty... No, you have to roll at least one success, which you did. So you can actually carry it over. Um, go ahead and see if you can get that second success that you all need. Um, so, Bamir, you, you are going to roll for this. I'm going to have you roll your insight command. Insight command. Okay. And because you're assisting, your focus can't apply here. Okay. You don't get, you don't get the criticals. One success. That's enough. That is enough. Kabla! Kabla! Security check! <laughs> so, Kotar, as you're looking over some of the information that's coming through the sensors, your eyes studying the data, you're looking over this asteroid field. Um, Ramyan's angling the ship to get in a better sort of like perched point of view. And as a cloaked vessel, you guys are making full advantage of taking your time to really look at the system in front of you. You know, your instincts are telling you. Nausicaan raiders, they're not always the most clever. They tend to use the same tactics that every pirate uses. Hide behind a rock. And if shit gets serious, run. There's got to be Nausicaan Raiders out there hiding. And if it's the same ship that you guys saw before, you need to look for a rock that's considerably large enough 
that they might be hiding behind. As you're staring at the data, you feel the presence of your commander move close to you. And she's by your side now, looking over the data with you. The two of you begin to confer left and right, back and forth, your experiences, the cat and mouse games that you played during the Dominion War when you were hunting down Jim Hadar ships, Commander. As you're looking at the data coming through, the two of you see one rock in particular that's just a little bit larger than the rest of the rocks in the asteroid. And it's the only rock within 60,000 kilometers of its size. Um, you don't have any data that would support the theory. However, if you were going to hide behind a rock and you were a stupid Nausicaan, that's probably where you would go. Commander, uh, Nausicaans are not exactly the smartest uh, Tark in the barrel, if you will catch my <laughs> um, If I was a gambling man, I would say that they are hidden behind this here uh, boulder inside the asteroid belt. If I can uh, suggest a strategy, I say since we are cloaked, we move behind said boulder and we show them the consequences for their actions. I also need to catch that one who ran away. I'm really mad he <laughs> coward, missed my blade. Yes. Well, let's get in closer and see what we can see from here. Uh, okay. Unfortunately, I must remind you all, we need to try to capture them. Try. <laughs> I can hear the pain behind the mute of Jade's mic. <laughs> so how many of our most powerful torpedoes shall we load while we maneuver into position? Well, have, have some torpedoes ready. But I'd like to do another scan as we get closer to see if we can pick up what we can see. Is there is there a ship there? How many life signs, if any? Let's do another scan as we get closer. I'm just going to ask this because it's, it's pertinent considering the loadout of this ship for the audience to know. When the IKS Borku was created, this crew chose multi-role battle cruiser which gave the Borku some pretty terrifying power. As a result of this, Commander, I'm gonna ask you now, in the barrels, would you like photon or quantum torpedoes loaded and prepared? Let's just, let's just stick with disruptors and, uh, and fo yeah, photon. Okay. We're, we don't need to mess with quantum because we're, we don't even need to go there. Okay. We'll save that. All right. We'll save that works for another time. Okay. I'm in. You, you decide the Borku shouldn't bring out her teeth just yet. Yeah. And you Come guys in. begin to move closer. So right now I'm going to actually have Ramyan make a helms check here. And I'll need somebody to roll for the Borku as you guys move closer into the asteroid belt. Can, so, my, can my question, I'm sorry. Can What's my up? focus in Starship Tactics help with this in any way? Probably not here, but when combat breaks out, which it seems like it's going to, that's when I would say that's okay. really going to come into play, yeah. Just try to um, For now, this is really just to determine whether or not uh, Ra'amyan can take a cloaked vessel with no shields right now into a rocky asteroid belt. It's not, this is not Star Wars, so things aren't flying around like crazy. This isn't a recently destroyed area. Um, but it's still a maneuver. So 
you um, are going to roll for the IKS Borku. The Borku is going to roll engines plus con, of which that is one thing the Borku is really good at. Um, her total is going to be a 15, 11 engines and four con. So whoever would like to roll for the Borku and I'll you. The, oh, no. Omek, Omek will. Omek will? Okay. And then uh, you are going, Ramyan, you're going to make a control con roll. The difficulty for this is going to be two. Uh, anyone opposed to me using momentum to, one momentum to fly this thing a little bit smoother? So one momentum gives me one more d20. It'll increase your odds of success, yes. Well, what's the difficulty right now? It's only two. So he actually has the capacity by adding an extra die, it is costing you a momentum on a, what you might think is a minor roll, but by adding an extra die, he's actually increasing the chance of gaining more momentum, especially if he rolls under, because your helm score, your con score is five, isn't it, Quincy? Four. Four. So if you roll a four or less, because maneuvering a ship is what you do, rolling a four or less is going to get you guys momentum. Beating the successes multiple times will get you guys momentum. Great. Yeah. So the difficulty is two. Go ahead and make your roll, and then we'll roll for the Borku. Tell me how many successes you get. Two successes. Okay. Go ahead and roll for the IKS Borku, whoever would like to roll. Oh, that's going to be you, Omek. One success. One success. You gain back the momentum you spent, and you are going to succeed. The IKS Borku under cloak. A sharp eye looking out into the dark void of space might see a distortion among the stars as this great war cruiser creeps along the path, maneuvering quietly towards these great asteroids. You eventually reach this one asteroid in particular. This asteroid is roughly the size, to give you an image of how big it is, roughly the size of Manhattan. Um, large chunk of rock. And as you begin to crest the horizon, just as you see it on your displays, just as the sensors activate and pick up the ship lying in wait, you see on the view screen a Nausicaan Raider at low power currently hovering on the other side of the rock, completely unaware. No knowledge in the world that right now behind it, a Klingon frigate, a battle cruiser, with weapons ready, has maneuvered into its aft with the intention of taking them. That is actually where we have to stop for our 8 o'clock break. <laughs> so, that, we're going to go ahead and take 10 minutes, get some water, use the bathroom, get ready, because the fights are coming. We'll see you in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. And welcome back to Blood of the Void, everyone. Before we begin, I want to give a big shout out to Mary Chifo, who has been a wonderful supporter, and we adore her, and we appreciate her support. Um, uh, you've made Aliza all blushy and happy tonight, which is always fun to watch. <laughs> so, as we give our thanks to the mother, we are now going to jump back into the story, Blood of the Void. Where we left off is the Ikeos Borku, proceeding under cloak, has managed to uncover the hiding place of these Nausicaan raiders. You have crept up on their aft. They are completely unaware of your presence. Currently, they're about 300 meters just ahead of you. 
so, Captain, uh, if we can't destroy the ship, uh, could I lead a boarding party if we can disable them? I'm sorry, 300 kilometers, not meters. <laughs> Should specify. You guys aren't that close. Mander. Yes, bef yes, before we do that, I'd like to know how many Nausicans we're dealing with. That's exactly what I was going to suggest. May I run a scan, please? Yes. Yes, you can. Um, okay, so this is going to be... Go ahead and make your roll. The roll that... Uh, whoever wants to roll for the IKS Borku, this is a sensor science check. Omek, you are going to make your reason science check here. You guys are only 300 kilometers away from the ship. You're right behind them. So this is actually not going to be a very difficult roll. Their power systems are down, so you're beginning to understand why it was difficult to detect them. They're using an old trick. Go ahead and make the roll with a difficulty of only one. I, I had one success, Commander. I failed you. I apologize. Oh, okay. So difficulty one, you got one success. Who wants to roll for the Borku? Uh, I will. Oh, okay. Commander, um, prerogative. Oh, okay. I have a, I have a, a task for Amyan in a second. Okay. So Ramyan, please uh, full stop. Full stop, Commander. All right. This distortion moving like a great bird of prey in space comes to a slow stop. You are all hovering 300 kilometers just behind this ship. Um, go ahead and for the IKS Borku roll, sensors plus security. So I'm sorry. Nine. Sensors plus science, I apologize. So 9, 10, 11. 11. Yep. One success. Okay. So you're going to bank that momentum. <clears throat> you were scanning for life signs. There are currently 18 Nausicans on board. It's a small freighter. Let me give you the stats to this thing because you've scanned it. This Nausicaan raider is scale three. So it's two scales lower. It's, you guys are basically two, two scales higher in size than this ship. You dwarf this ship. Um, it is armed with disruptor cannons and spatial torpedoes. You're definitely detecting that. However, judging from its armament and its hull, the IKS Borku would make short work of this, of this raider. This is not meant to take on a warship. This is a hit-and-run insertion ship. It's designed like, think of on Earth, it's designed much like the buccaneers of old, who didn't necessarily have big ships at their command, but they would take canoes out and basically raid ships that were anchored at port. This is a ship that's supposed to get in, attack people from the inside, get what they want, and get out. My question is, if it's powered off, would we be able to beam on board without them knowing? Yes. Can we do that? Captain. Commander, I, oh, and yes. Uh, Commander, I, last time they were able to leave our presence and escape. Is it prudent to perhaps disable their engine somehow before we beam aboard? Ra'amyan, you and I are of one mind. Yes. <laughs> yes, Edaj. Yes. What were you what were you proposing? Uh, I'd like to take us aboard, uh, take a planning party on board and capture or kill all the Nausicans, but it I can wait until you disable the engines first. Mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not impatient. 
Uh, I'd like to disable these engines, and also, if there are any escape pods or shuttles, I'd like to hit them in those places so they cannot get away. Yes. Uh, Kotar. Commander, what do you I have a quick tactical question. Could you beam our uh, boarding party on and just attack at a different point and disable their weapons so that we can start our attack with the confusion of them all um, in a kerfuffle when we blow their uh, escape pods and engines up? We can... So get the landing party in place and then shoot out the engines and shuttle bays and then you would move in, into yes, Captain. Correct. Your, your second action could be to because he'll because of his talent he'll allow you to keep the initiative for free. So as okay. a second action, you can beam your boarding party over. Um I'll go ahead and also tell you this on that scan, since you already get um, you already get some information, the tactical information of the vessel, since you, you're pretty much up their backsides right now with the sensor check. They have no escape pods. Oh, okay. This ship no is shuttle? Small. Yeah, no, there are no escape pods, no shuttlecraft. So we just take out the engines and beam the landing party over and we're good. This sounds all like, right. who wants to go? <laughs> Shall we all? <laughs> <laughs> Commander, do you want me to locate their engines, or do we already know where they are? Yeah, you, I mean, not only do you know where they are, but you guys have got them as sitting ducks right now. They're at low power. They're currently under the impression that they're ducking you out, that they're the ones that are cloaked, essentially. I think we actually should um, beam over first and then shoot, because if they have any few seconds of warning from us shooting out their engines, they might put their shields up. Um, so, just be aware that will place you on board when a cavort class bird of prey opens fire on this thing. Well, yeah. No, if you're down, but just it's be aware. Not possible to do it at the same time, right I after my soldiers. And we can also beam to where we know, like away from the engine room, for instance, <laughs> the other side of the ship. It's your Probably call. Bridge. I would say let's beam towards uh, the bridge and shoot out the engines and have it happen as close at the same time as possible. Okay. Everyone in agreement? Doesn't matter, because I'm the commander. Let's do it. <laughs> You're metal as fuck. <laughs> I want you to beam me on board that ship, and then I want you to shoot the fuck out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you say yeah. it like that. <laughs> yes, commander. <laughs> the order is given. Bex immediately begin to assemble. Your security team begins to pile up. You guys, uh, narratively, the only thing that's going to be that's going to be relevant is what you all do. Um, so we're going to just follow you, but we're going to have warriors beaming on board the ship. You guys outnumber them twenty to one, and you're many times bigger than they are. This is going to be fun. Um, you don't know what's waiting for you over there. Just that you have a lot of Nosikins to get through. Nosikins are not pushovers, especially in close-range combat. Nosikins are very dangerous. You had a lot of success against them again on that station. but And you're going to be getting the drop on them. But I'm just warning the party now. There will be danger, even though the odds are dramatically in your favor right now because of the sneak attack you're about to land on these guys. So, what's up, Commander? Um so you said we are also beaming some Becks on board too, right? So it's going to be the landing party plus some Becks? Yes. Mm -hmm. okay. And at about that point, 
the, the doors open to the bridge. And stepping onto the bridge is a Klingon we actually haven't seen yet. Your Lieutenant Ryuk, also of House Kavek. She is an older Klingon with graying hair spilling down the back. She's in full body armor. And around her waist are all the accoutrement of an engineer. She has multiple scanners and tools dangling from her side. Her diktach, which is strapped to her right leg, is kind of haphazardly. It's been shifted around, not in a grabbing position. It looks like it's been made, like room has been made for more tools on her leg. Indicating where this woman probably places her priorities. But she steps onto the bridge after receiving the order. And she just says, so... You are wanting me to beam the lot of you from site to site onto the Nausicaan Raiders ship. That's right. And, and I'm guessing you want me to stay behind. That's right. Yes, Riek, we need you. Uh, we need you in the command chair. Why were you wanting to draw some Nausicaan blood again? If you remember, they cornered me in our room, Commander. I have skin in the game, as they say. I am just remembering now, Riek. I did promise you that next time you would get the first hit. Why don't you, you come did. along with us? You did. She did. She turns to all of you and says, she promised that. I remember all that right. now. Come along with us. I'll do the sight to sight first, and then I'll follow you. All right. I, somebody else does that. One of these idiot becks will probably beam you into the bulkhead. Uh, I want to take my dick tucks out, and I want to kiss each of them. <laughs> I'm going to, like, clang it against a dick tuck on React's leg as, like, a show of solidarity. She nods to you and says, you have blood on your face. Can I do a hype-up speech for the Becks <laughs> before we go? You want to get out there? I love, I love, I love how Idaj is basically... <laughs> you're basically Tybalt from Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet right now. <laughs> I was going to say Gimli and Legolas, but also... <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So everyone's doing the prep work. It only takes about five minutes for everyone to mobilize, arm themselves, get the Bex ready, you giving a speech to your warriors, everyone gathering together. Riek assembles in the transporter room. And she says to you all, this is going to draw a lot of power from the engines, firing weapons and using the transporters. But I will make sure that by the time you get back, Cap Commander, you'll have power again. Uh, question for the GM: Do we need to do we need to decloak to fire? Yes. Okay. Yes, indeed. Bird of prey. Any, any vessel uh, has to decloak before it opens fire. Yeah. So, but disengaging the cloaking device does not cost you power. It's engaging it that costs you three power. Firing the weapons, however, is going to cost you one power. Using the transporter is going to cost you one power. Now. Fun fact for the audience, because they're going to get a kick out of this. The USS Ross, which has two warp cores, has a power of 15. The IKS Borku, with an 11 engines built to be a warship, has a power of 16. There is a lot of energy coursing through this vessel. Because you guys also took the trait. <laughs> you made sure to also take the trait 
improved reaction control system on top of the fact that you have an 11s engine. So 16, you guys are at 13 because you engage cloaking device, opening fire and then activating the warp, uh, activating the transporter is going to drop you from 13 to 12 to 11, which still puts you well over the power level of their vessel. I just want to make sure I'm also bringing my twin Mechleth. Okay. Yeah, I also want to bring my special Batleth in case that wasn't already stated. Okay. So yeah, I, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make you pay the opportunity cost for that. I'll just say that you have it on you. Um, you're preparing for a battle, no problem. Um, here's what I'm gonna say. We'll time this out so that the crew uses their skill to open fire on this vessel. And then you're beaming over, or you're beaming over first, and then you're going to let the crew fire on the vessel while you're on the other on on the Nausicaan ship. The second, I, I just want to make sure I'm clear. Yeah, I think it's the second one because we want to make sure they don't put their shields up really quickly after we fire. So then, what's going to happen is <laughs> the unnamed Star Trek extras are going to basically come in and take command of the of the bridge, our ox crew, as it were. We'll have to find out what they want to name themselves. Um, ox crew is basically going to come take command of the bridge. And on your command, after you beam over, we're going to use the crew skill to open fire on them. So it won't be the same, but you're also in strike. I mean, striking range right now is lethal. You guys are going to make a solid hit, I think. So if y'all are ready, the operation will begin. Okay. Then I'm going to roll for Rayek as she is going to implement a site-to-site transport of all five of you onto the bridge of the Nausicaan Raider. This is going to be a uh, control plus engineering check, and I will roll for the Borko. Difficulty will be three. Uh, that's okay. And then the Borku. This is going to be... I'm going to say this is going to be computers plus engineering. So, oh, oh, guys, go ahead and bank two momentum as she demolishes that roll. <laughs> um, What's our roll now, then? Are we at three? What's that? Are we at three momentum? I have six. I have six. six? Y'all, okay. six. y'all should be maxed yeah, out. I was off. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You all gather in a circle, and you look at Riek looking at you, this older matriarch, this, this former head of a house who has now become your sister, looking at you with eagerness in her eyes. This older woman has, it's been a long, long time since she's had the opportunity to prove herself in battle. And as this red glow begins to fill your vision, Bimir, you can see the eagerness the fire burning. And then this curtain of red energy begins to flow in front of you. By the time it's separating, you can already hear the screams of alarm from the Nausicans on the bridge. And as this glow parts in front of you, there are six Nausicans on this bridge. All of them are grabbing weapons and shouting an alarm. The captain who's sitting in the center chair in the middle has arisen. The captain is about the same size as Kotar and is in a full vested armored suit with blades cresting off the elbows and shoulder pads. His big, that big Nausicaan skull of his actually has what looks like a breathing apparatus on the front of it. He kind of resembles the predator a little bit. 
this huge long hair cascading down his back. These flaming, rage-filled yellow eyes stare at you as he rises to his full height. Um, because you guys get to keep the initiative, your first action is beaming over to them. The second action is going to be a decloaking bird of prey beginning to materialize. At the same time, there's these shouting sounds. Their science officer happens to glance down at the sensors in time to see this cavort-class bird of prey begin to materialize with its wings and attack position. Two massive, yes, Jody, massive bolts of green energy explode forth from the disruptor cannons of the IKS Borku. We are now going to roll to attack this vessel. And this is basically me rolling to attack myself. <laughs> so we are going to... Okay, this is the IKS Borku. I'm going to give the ship skill of three plus... Actually, uh, department. Oh, it's already got scores. So we're going to use... Okay, this is going to be weapon. Oh, God. The weapons are 12. The security is three. So it's rolling two dice. Do you guys want to spend a momentum to add any dice to this roll? It's up to you. I would say, <laughs> yeah, one. One. One momentum? All right. So I'm going to add an extra die. I'll give us a third die. Uh, you guys are... Let's see. You're using cannons, but you're in short range which is the optimal range for these cannons, which is terrifying. So the difficulty here is actually one. Is it? Uh, it's two. Difficulty is two. Let me just double check. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. You are shooting for the engines, however. You are aiming for the engines. And targeting a subsystem he's going to raise the difficulty attack by one. So you guys need three successes. It's going to be difficulty three here. Okay, here we go. I roll a four, a three, and a five. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, boy. So uh, we're going to say that's one critical success. So two, three, that's four successes total. The difficulty was three. Gain one momentum. So you've got one outside the bank that you can spend right now. I'm going to roll damage. This is going to be, this is going to be brutal. Okay, so they're sitting ducks. Um, what is their resistance on their, let me look, oh God. <laughs> let me look at the resistance on their ship real quick. Okay. So resistance is three, so that's going to subtract um, you guys are using your disruptor cannons. The damage of your disruptor cannons after the base is a devastating 10 damage. So three, six, nine, plus one. They do have the vicious effect. And here we go. Rolling damage. Subtracting three. Holy shit. Only one die is blank. <laughs> oh my god. That's two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen damage. I mean to just to the engines, right? Like we're still alive on the bridge. 18 
effing damage after that's after resistance. You love to hear it. <laughs> um, so that's going to be one breach, two breach, because five, ten, that's three breaches. That's three breaches. You were targeting their subsystem of the engines, so I am now going to roll. Oh, boy. I am now going to, this is engine subsystem, one, two, three. Okay, well, so good news. So here's the good news. The good news is that you have successfully completely disabled their engines by smashing into their ship three breaches. The bad news is, is they only have nine hull. So, (laughs) so you bringing their hull to zero is going to give uh, another breach. Um, their structure is going to take damage. They are... <laughs> Captain, Commander, as you materialize, the world around you suddenly is rocked. As everyone is drawing their weapons and you hear the cry of alarm that a Kavor-class bird of prey is decloaking, the impact of these bolts smashing into the ship literally from the outside, from a tactical station on the outside, peels the back of the ship right off, exposing the rear end of the ship into space. The explosion causes multiple hull breaches and detonations. Decompression alarms immediately sound, and the ship itself is sent into a flat spin off into space. You guys are currently, with disabled engines and the impact of this, I'm going to spend... I'm going to... I'm going to spend... Three threat. And you guys are now on board a ship that is about to dis- about to explode, careening off into an asteroid belt. Everybody is hurled to the ground from the impact. I am now going to roll for um for casualties <laughs> using uh the homebrew rules that were very conveniently supplied to us on continuingmission.com. And, oh my God, this is great. What a great start to the campaign, y'all. I'm, I'm all about this. I'm all about this. I, I, I completely, here we go. Uh, okay. Okay, um, okay. There, there's multiple explosions that take place in the bridge. You guys see sparks shower the entire in, uh, space in front of you. For a split second, it blinds your vision as you see the alarms blaring in the whole, the whole interior of this Nausicaan Raider. You barely get an, an interior glimpse as the lights turn red. The decompression alarms are sounding left and right. Two of the Nausicaan Raiders have been disabled by this. Two of the Nausicans that stood up with weapons have been hurled against computers. Uh, unfortunately, two of you have also been hurled off of your feet, slamming into walls. So, Omek and Ramyan, y'all are going to take... Um, oh, I'll make sure to subtract some of this damage because you're wearing your Klingon armor. So, ooh, 
four points of stress damage as y'all both are hurled up against the bulkhead. Minus one because you're wearing your armor, so three each. It's not an injury. The both of you slam hard against the ground as the entire ship uh, shakes. As you hear these alarms blaring, as most of y'all are picking yourself up off the ground, including the captain, you can hear through the static coming across your communicator um, is Riek shouting for you, Commander, checking to see if you're okay. <clears throat> we are now we're in... Here. You All shout right. back I, I answer her back, just, we're here. Okay. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, question, sorry, quick question. Go ahead. Is, are we using atmosphere? Uh, the ship is falling apart. I spent three threats because I'm giving you a timed task here. You have three rounds before this ship spins off into space and explodes. Okay. The entire back half of the ship has been completely destroyed and the engine is gone. But the ship is losing. You've reduced this ship down to its zero hull. Technically, it's coming apart right now. Question. Your, so I spent threat to enact a scene. You have three rounds. All right. Um, can I see the one um, Nausicaan who ran away when we did our last mission to help her? I want to take him back. <laughs> I tell you what. <laughs> I tell you what. If you are willing to spend the momentum, if you would like to create an opportunity here, I will grant you this kill, which... If you're going to spend momentum, I will award you for this. It will add to your reputation score, your honor score. But if you're willing to spend two momentum to create the situation, to create the advantage, I will let you spot the Nausicaan that got away. Captain, can I do it, please? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the first, yeah, the, uh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, it's two. Oh, wait, there's a complication here. We're supposed to let Riet get the first kill, but I need, I need this blood. What, what should I do? <laughs> Wait, um, is it, how many momentum is it to do that? It's One two. or two? Two, two, two to create the situation, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, do it. So and keep in mind, you had one floating because of that incredible attack. So it's actually only going to be one out of your pool. You guys will be down to five momentum. So, a mix amongst the chaos and the fire and the screaming and the decompression everyone's ears slowly popping as the ship is starting to come apart at the seams you spot the shocked look of a very familiar Noskin picking himself up off the tactical station I want to laugh and say <laughs> it is always a good day to die but today is not that day and then I want to go after him and grab him and smash his head into the uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're going ahead and initiate combat i'm going to rule just to make this cleaner that react has decided not to follow you on the vessel the vessel is doomed she is going to stay behind to get you guys the hell off the vessel so it is your action y'all get to go first you've got the surprise round now you get to retain the action because of your talent christopher who would like to go? This is where the group actually gets to decide who gets to go first and what you want to do. Are uh, Omek and I still down? Um, you can use a minor action to get up and get back into action, yeah. Uh, one note, y'all. I just want to save the captain and maybe, like, the whoever's next in command because they would have the most information. 
So there's also their computers, which is probably yeah, yeah. data itself. That's what I was going to say. I'd like to try to access their uh, computers somehow. Okay. Try to hack it and. Okay. Um, right. <laughs> okay. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So who would like to go first? You guys mind if I try to hack this? Go system? ahead, bro. No, do it. Let's do it. All yeah. right, Omek, you dash forward amongst the chaos, among the fire and the sparks. You find one of these Nausicans that has been smashed up against the wall. Um, unfortunately, does not have Klingon armor, is also a minor NPC, so he's practically injured at this point. You reach down, grab his body, and pull it off of the console. He hits the ground with a groan. You're going to have to make a roll here. To, to transfer the data, the computer core is fluctuating right now. It's dying. So if you're going to get all the information off of this, this is going to have to be a quick roll. This is gonna, you're going to have to show some pretty impressive skills here. I'm going to set the difficulty for what you're attempting to do at five. Do you so guys it's, mind maximum, it's maximum difficulty. To Bro, get you, the, use some momentum, man. Can I maybe, maybe a value even if, if something applies. Um, you could That's call it one of value. Yes, Omek. Do that. What values do you have? Nothing that will help me now. Uh, you don't know. You never know. Make a pitch. I mean, can I make my mind is sharper I... than my dagger. What was that? What was that, Aliza? Uh, I was going to say, can I give him a command to give him another? If he can use a value and can he use two determination? You can actually use, you can actually, he can technically use your orders as a value once per game. If you order him, that's part of your mission. Your mission, mm -hmm. you can call upon your, your mission profile to, to do this. So why don't we do this? If, if, uh, yes. So why don't we say this? Why don't we say that the order, the mission, the mission order was to get information off the database, if you can do it. So I'll yeah. let you call upon that value. So I also have, oh, sorry. I was going to say, calling upon that determination is going to give you two auto successes. Um, I also have a talent for advisor. Uh -huh. uh, does that apply here? If you want to use that to help him, because advisor, what, what does advisor do? Uh, whenever you assist another character using your command discipline, the character being assisted may reroll 1d20. But does that take away my turn too? It will take away your turn because you're using your action to give an order. I actually have uh, in the nick of time. So when you succeed at an engineering or science task as part of an extended task, you score one additional work for every effect rolled. This is not an extended task. Otherwise, that would totally come in handy. This is a one time. This, there's no time for an extended task here. Um, actually, that's not true. This would be a perfect extended task. I'm going to say this is a timed extended task. So before we're going to we set them up, you mean? Yeah, before the ship explodes. <laughs> um, so I tell you what, I'm going to set the magnitude of this at, I'll set the magnitude of this at three. The work track is going to be at 10. So I'll keep track of this with you, Philip, because this is a system you're still learning. Okay. So go ahead and we're going to make our first check on an extended task. You're racing against the clock. Uh, so let me, let me just pull out the work track helper here. So you're racing against the clock to get this data off of this. So I'm going to set the base difficulty of this. Since you're doing an extended task, I'm going to set the base difficulty of this at four. I'm going to drop it by one. Or actually, I'll set it at three, but I'm going to give you a resistance of three. I'll set the magnitude at two. And the amount of work, we're just going to make this up as we go. I'll set the amount of work 
C369 at nine. This is a timed task. Um, okay. <laughs> you have you have three intervals in which to complete this task. Um, the magnitude of this is two. I'm sorry, I'm going to set the resistance. I'm going to modify this a little bit. Resistance is two. Um, and I'll, I'll just do work of 10. Okay, so you have three intervals to set this off, to get this done. Every time you make a roll, that's going to take up two intervals. But you can spend momentum to reduce that down to one. So go ahead and roll the dice. You're going to make your science. You actually are going to get the ship's computer to help you on this. Um, is it in science? It's computer science, correct. The difficulty of this is three. But it's reason and science, right? My reason and reason science. Reason and science, yes. And the Nausicaan, I'll roll for the Nausicaan ship computer. Oh, I got a two and a 17, so one success. Uh, okay, so, okay, the computer's not going to help you. You got one success. That, but uh, isn't that a crit? A two, a critical. Oh, wait, focus, if there's a focus. Um, what are your focuses, Omek? Uh, it's... Sensors, bat left, uh, spatial phenomena, hunting, you know, no. survival. No, but can I make a suggestion? Since this is your first time doing this, I'll let you apply this retroactively. Spend momentum to gain extra dice here. Okay. Um, you've already got two successes going for you. Um, actually, one. you rolled one success, right? Yeah. Okay, so you called upon it. I forgot that you called upon a determination. So you need, and you rolled one success. You actually beat the difficulty of this. So... What I would do, now you're going, to, you're going to roll two. What is your science roll? Science is five. Reason okay. is level. Science is five. That's going to be super handy. Okay. And, okay, so your science is, so this is five plus two. Okay, so you're actually going to roll seven dice. Okay. Um, I recommend you spending momentum to get rid of the resistance right now. That's going to cost you one to get rid of the resistance of this roll. Commander, is it okay? Gotcha. So roll, roll 7d6. Okay. And tell me what you get. I got a 1, a 4, and a 5. Just tell me how many successes. So 1s okay. count for 1s. That's yes. okay. 1s count for 1s, 2s are 2s. And then 5s and 6s count for 1s here. So I got two successes right now. Uh... Two successes so far. Uh, two. Yeah, three. So what's your total? Uh, three. That's it. <laughs> it's a, a total of three. I would recommend spending momentum right now to re-roll the dice that did not roll the numbers you need. So you can actually, actually re-roll the ones that did not come up as effects or as numbers. Sorry, guys. I'm going to use one more. No, that's, dude, that's, that's the game. So go ahead and re-roll. Okay. Um, those dice, but go ahead and spin the momentum. Right Momentum-wise, I'm sorry. What, what is it? Now we're at three. We got three momentum. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I just wanted to keep track. Okay. So I'm doing a seven over again, right, Eric? Uh, you'll keep the ones that you already rolled. So you're only going to roll. Three of those came up. So you can actually roll the ones that did not come up anything. Okay. So it should be. <laughs> Four then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, I suck. Uh, I have. <laughs> I got one. I got one. Uh, it was a six. 
And then the rest were all threes. Oh no. I rolled well, three threes, guys. <laughs> so so your total so tell me the total out of the seven dice that you rolled. Uh so it was three, four. Yeah. That was it. Four. So four total successes? Unfortunately. Yeah. Okay, that's not bad. Um <laughs> and you got past the resistance. So that's gonna be one off the work track. Uh let's see. Okay. Um, you're working furiously, but the yeah, clock is racing and you don't make, you make, uh, you make four points of progress in the work track after, after nailing those successes, but you're starting to, you're starting to really feel the pressure. Omek, um, as your fingers are dashing, like playing across this computer console, you're just, <sighs> you can see the files. You can see the, the things opening up. You actually did quite well on that role, but it's just the, the clock ticking is making this very, very difficult. Um, so Omek is, is doing that. What's up? Oh, I said, if worse comes to worse, don't be me back. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. It's their action. Um, the captain pulls a disruptor and he's shouting something to you in Nausicaan. The universal translator picks up that he's basically shouting swear words at you. He is going to aim for you, Eliza. He sees you. He pulls the disruptor. I'm going to call upon... Uh, nope, none of these values would apply. He doesn't have a value that is really going to apply here. That's the problem with being a bully. You spend all your values on being a bully. So this is a control security check. The difficulty here is to... I'm actually going to raise the difficulty because the ship around him is blowing up. So the difficulty of this shot... Even at this range, I'm going to set it at three. Uh, he doesn't have a stable footing. There is smoke and fire all in front of him. It, it's a surprise attack. Like, I'm going, to, I'm going to give him a three difficulty here. I'm going to spend a th point of threat to give myself three dice. And now I'm going to try to kill Commander Bemir. I roll a 16, a 14, and an 11. Let me look at his stats. he's going to miss you at point blank range with all the chaos going on around you. This commander pulls out, you see the disruptor level towards you. It is a Klingon disruptor. He probably took it off of a corpse of a Klingon warrior sometime or bought it on the black market. But you see this Klingon disruptor level with you. And for a split second, Bamir, you might be looking, you might be just moments away from meeting your ancestors. When the bolt goes wide, right past you, searing some of your hair, slamming into the bulkhead and causing a hissing sound. You all hear the popping sound of a disruptor pistol going off. At this range, it gets mixed in with all the explosions that are happening all around you. I needed one more success. I missed you by three. I missed you by three. I'd have shot you. Um, that's their action. It is now your team's action again. Uh I'm just proposing, I'm not yet committing to this, that I would, what, what Ramyan would want to do is uh, use that gift of gab of his and okay. force a surrender. Let me press this dude's head into the <laughs> container, please. <laughs> um, <clears throat> these are your options. <laughs> oh, how many people get a turn this round from our side? So on this action, you guys select who wants to go next. 
And then that person goes, and then it's their turn again. Only one person goes from our team each round. That's correct. But you can actually spend momentum to retain the initiative. So if you burn two momentum, uh, you can actually, let me double check that. But if you spend momentum, you can actually retain the initiative and go again. Can we do that so we can do both? Yeah. Um, and uh, question, there's six of them on the bridge? Two of them still, right? So there's only uh, te Technically, there are six of them on the bridge still, yes. Okay, there's 18, there were 18 total on the ship. Two of them are gone. Right. But six are on the bridge. All right. Um, I would like to, before we do anything, I'd like to just call out targets. So I have a talent where I can basically call out targets in, uh, when, I, when I assist a character making an attack, so any of you, using assist or direct or some other means, the assisted character generates two bonus momentum if their attack succeeds. So I want to give you all two bonus momentum if you succeed in your whatever attacks you have. So you can uh, use that on one character. One person, okay. You can order, you can direct one person to attack and assist with them with the attack. All right, well, I think, I think Ramian, if you do want to um, convince the captain to surrender, that's cool, because we want to capture the captain. But we do need to, like, disengage or, you know, we need to get these other people not to keep shooting at us. So let's say um, Kotar, I'm going to give you call-out targets uh, to disarm someone. Thank you, Captain. I mean, technically smashing his head into the computer console will disarm him. Perfect. Cool. Maybe we'll pick a different target because you already took one person out, I guess. <laughs> I, this is what I was confused about. Did I take did I take Buddy out automatically when I spent the no. time? No. Oh. You, haven't got, you haven't done your action yet. Ah. Well, just take someone out. And then uh, the Ra'amyan, yes. I, I would say if you can get them to surrender, then we'll take them in. So you've got, so, all right, so then my question is, y'all are going to burn the two momentum to retain initiative? Yes. Okay, so then you can totally go Kotar, and then the retaining of the initiative, that can be Ra'amyan basically saying, give it the hell up. Can we do that? If you'd like yeah, to. Yeah, let's do it. Let's so then do go it, ahead. So then your minor action is basically clearing the distance to this Nausicaan who's fumbling for the disruptor upon seeing you. You're going to clear that distance. Go ahead and make your attack roll. This is a daring plus security check versus his daring for, uh, plus security check. I do not envy him. Love to see that. <laughs> yeah, this is not going to go well for this Nausicaan. two successes. How much? That's two successes. Two successes? All right. So the difficulty was one. So you're going to bank one momentum if he doesn't roll better than that. So give me one sec. He's fucked. Uh, okay. So this is going to be daring plus security. Okay. He's not a pushover. Let's see what he can do. I rolled a four and a 14. How many did you roll? I got two successes. What is your daring rating? Um, it's 50, it's what my daring is 10. Your daring is 10. It he actually beats you. No. He actually manages to beat you on that roll. Um, he is going to attempt to backhand you. <laughs> so you run up there and you make a, you make a grab for him. He actually sees you coming and drops his disruptor instinctively and throws a fist. He throws hands. So let me roll for his damage real quick. Um, 
Let's see. I can't believe he beat you. Um, let's see. He's going to roll. Uh, oh, here we are. Uh, so, f- okay. So, oh, God. Uh, three points of damage. <laughs> Non-lethal. Um, I did not roll an effect, so there's no knockdown. He puts his fist across the side of your face. There's a slapping sound as this Nausicaan's knuckles impact on the side of your face. And Kotar, as the impact hits you, you kind of do the Terminator glance back at him. Your head just kind of angles back and you look at him. <laughs> and you can see the alarm in his face. He's probably not used to people not going down when he hits them. But as the impact hits... Now, actually, hold up a second. You're a Klingon. Don't you have Brockul? Correct, oh. I do. What does Brockul do? Uh, one second. Uh, various psychological resistance. You gain two resistance against all non-lethal attacks. In addition, whenever you are a target of a first aid task, you reduce the difficulty <laughs> by one so, so he did three damage? Yes. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. You're wearing Klingon armor, which gives you one, and you've got Brockle, which gives you two. So as his fist strikes you across the face, you don't feel it. Um, you take no damage at all as this, this Noskin strikes you across the skull. He not built right. <laughs> And that is what happens when you punch a Klingon in the face. <laughs> you kind of do the Terminator look back at him. The Nausicaan realizes the danger he is in. Um, you guys retain initiative, so it's now going to be Ramyan's turn. Okay. Uh, there's a lot for me to uh, recount here, but I will just do the narrative first. Okay. Um, I hop to the captain with both mechlets and take them, scissor them to his neck. So and that's going to be an attack, because if you try to put your mechlets against his neck, oh. he's going to absolutely try to get away from that. All right. I will palm it, like, ready, but not bring it up to him immediately. Okay. And say, listen, Nausicaan, Klingons are not known for taking prisoners, but today you are fortunate. Surrender now and survive yet one more day. Okay. Um, I have uh, focuses in persuasion. I have diffused attention, which uh, adds a bonus d20 to my dice pool if I attempt to, uh, a task to persuade someone not to resort to violence. Uh, and I have the value words and weapons are best used in concert to get your way. So I would say that value is definitely going to come into play. You're not diffusing the tension. This is an intimidation role. All right. So it's not persuasion. This is literally to intimidate him to drop weapons and surrender. So, go ahead. This is an opposed role. This is a social combat role. So it's an opposed check. You are going to... Let me just pull up his stats here. Um, you are going to roll your presence plus command. Great. Um, and it's, this is literally a roll-off. So it's going to be a difficulty one check. And it's like it's going to function pretty much like combat. So I'm actually going to spend a momentum here to gain a third die. You're calling on. Um, I'm going to call upon a value as well, which is my way or the airlock. Um, he's going to call upon that value. Um, 
So that's going to give me two auto successes and a third die. So go ahead and make your roll. This is, you guys are kind of rolling the same thing, although you might have the upper hand on this. Uh, uh, how much momentum do we still have, team? Shall I use one more? You can buy more than one die. Just keep that in mind. It's just more expensive. I think we only have one more. Because we use two to keep the initiative. Yeah, I mean, I would say go for it. All right. So that's three die plus the determine. What does determination do when I determination use functions die? like you roll the die and gained an immediate auto success? Okay. Yeah. So right now you're technically at maximum dice. So go ahead and roll, and I'm gonna roll. Out of my three, I got three successes. Okay. Plus whatever the determination uh, adds. So you have determination adds an auto success. So that's two. You got five total successes. I had a determination, which gave me two successes. And then I rolled a five, which gave me a third success. A 10, which gave me a fourth success. And then a natural 20. Which is a complication failure on his part. So, with your blades raised, with his ship falling apart around him, with his crew screaming for orders, with, <laughs> with Kotar rolling with the punch and a, a bloody grin on his face, having taken no damage from the attack, with the commander standing before him, brazenly staring at him, the ferocity in instant in the, the the ferocity of this attack. The ship is lost. This is done. His ship is burning down around him. There's nothing he can do. And you see the resignation fall into his eyes as we enter uh, into the next action. He lowers his disruptor pistol and drops it to the ground. And he turns back over his shoulder and shouts something in Nausicaan. And you see the rest of them look kind of nervous and begin to drop their weapons. And the ship begins to rattle. You still have three. This is all happening in a time span of like just a few moments. There was a blaster shot. There was the encounter, the punch. Omek is desperately on the computer right now trying to get everything up. And all of this has just happened. So we still have three rounds. But Omek, you are committed because you used your two intervals. So with that and the order from the captain, combat technically ends unless you guys want to continue. Oh, can I choke out this guy? If you want to. I just want to pick him up by the throat and tell him that your blood is water. <laughs> okay. Make before we go too much further, do we bank any momentum for that role? Um, uh, one. Yes, you banked one momentum. <laughs> um, go ahead and make your roll. This is going to be a daring security check against his daring security check. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I rolled a 20 and an 18. I got a 10 and a 3. Okay, so he's in your hands right now, and you lift this Nausicaan off the deck plates of the bridge. You're holding him up, shouting at him that his blood is water. He's just dangling as he's clawing at your hands, this look of horror on his face. As you watch, 
You, you watch Kotar full-on body press this Noskin off the ground by his neck. Um, and at that point, the captain looks back at you and says, we surrender. Um, I'm going to signal to Riek. Um, Riek, beam the Nausikans to... Do we even have a brig? You do. Okay. Yes. Then we're, we're going to... Uh, I'm going to say beam all the Nausikans that are alive to the brig and the rest of us back to the There's bridge. There's too many. I can beam you and maybe a few of the Nausikans on the bridge. Um... I go over and stand next to the... Actually, I'll, I'll say, Ramyan, if you don't mind, I'll just say, since you're right next to the captain, I want you two to go first so that we capture the captain. Javek, Commander. All right, okay. take, take Ramyan and the Nausicaan next to him. I'm going to roll and react to get y'all out of there. Whoever else you can. <laughs> okay, so react is going to make a... Okay, it's going to be control engineering check. Difficulty will be two because of the situation. I rolled a 13 and a 16. Let's see. What is her? Okay, so one success. Um, let's roll for the Borku. She's having trouble getting a lock on you guys. Let's see if the Borku helps. It's going to be sensors, engineering. Anytime now. I rolled a natural one. The Borku compensating. Um, there is a red glow, and you see Ramyan and the captain, along with two of the raiders that are on the bridge, beam off. Um, you hear confirmation from Riek on the bridge say, I have the Bex, Ramyan, and the Nausicaan captain and two of his men. That's as much as I can get right now. The ship's coming apart, Commander. Bemir, get out of there. Well, keep keep getting us all. Keep uh, keep trying to transport us out. Um, I'm gonna also go over to Omek and check on how he's doing. Omek, we're gonna enter into the second half here of your role as you're scrambling to get this information off of the computer before the ship explodes. You have done. Uh, let's see. You have completed four work. Uh, so not bad because you went past the resistances um, go ahead and make your roll the base difficulty of this roll is three can I help at all you could probably help actually yes Dodge because you actually have computer if I remember correctly um, computer do you, what's your uh, let me look at this real quick you should be able to help here what I is you could use if you want I'll let you use your control engineering Oh, you want to help? I have a talent that's I'm a doctor, not a blank. Um, and that's right, you do. <laughs> so what I can substitute um, my medicine score for the other one that's worthless. Okay. Yeah. So you're basically going to use your medicine score for this. So that's calling upon your determination for the scene, which you haven't done yet. So you're going to burn that. And you can substitute your medicine score. So you're going to roll control plus medicine as an assist. Okay. That's pretty amazing. So, um, Omek, go ahead and make your reason science check. I'm going to roll for the computer here. Ooh, I got one success. Oh, boy. Two and a 20. 
you, you rolled a 20? Yeah, 20, yeah. Sorry. Okay. That's a complication. <laughs> um, what did you get? What did you get, uh, Adash? I got a success. A success? So that's two. Um, all right. So I'm adding... So because you rolled a complication, I'm adding plus one to the interval. So go ahead and you guys can now roll. So you, you made the base difficult. You just got one success. The computer got one success. Okay, so across the three of you got three successes. If you have any momentum, if you burn through it to get um, the resistance down, you'll roll two dice plus your science check here. Seven dice again. But you're going to need to burn uh, two momentum to get that resistance to go away. We only have one. I thought we had two. No? No. We, we, banked, the, we banked the one from my words, and then I left. All right. I got a... Um, I got a uh, oh, I'm sorry. When I picked him up by the neck, I got a, a, a five. It scales. I just remembered it, it actually scales. So one momentum equals two resistance, and three, like two momentum equals, I believe, four resistance. It doubles up. So... If it's three, you can actually spend that one momentum to drop it down to one. So for every momentum you spend, it drops the resistance by two. You guys mind? Do it. I'll spend it. Okay. And then Eric, that, what? Thank you, Xander, for playing an engineer and rolling all those damn extended tasks for me to remember that rule. Um, so you're going to roll seven dice, and you're going to subtract one success from whatever you roll. So go ahead and make the roll. Okay. Two. And add that up. Three. Four. Four. Get five. Five. That's a breakthrough. Six. Six total. Six total. Yes. So minus one because of the resistance. So that's going to bring it down to five. Five. So. That is going to give you, so here's the, so the good news is, is you did amazing on that roll and you got a breakthrough. The bad news is, is as you complete that part portion of the work track, you no longer, you, you're out of time. You're not going to be able to get the information off of the computer before the ship comes apart. You managed to complete one breakthrough, but it, there's too much work to still do. So as you're scrambling across here, a Dodge is next to you trying to fill in some of the gaps and pull the data. But at about that point, the entire bridge rattles violently in front of you, and all of your ears begin to feel the depressurization. You can hear Riek on the, on the comms saying, get out of there if you don't want to die. All right. Um, can I... Uh, I want to give Riek actually um, a direct task and just say, get us out of here. Okay, she's going to beam you up. Um, I'm going to have her call upon her value. I just gave her one too. Oh, that's true. Did she, do, did she do both? Is that possible? No, it's only one at a time. So either right. one. So, so she'll right. call. She'll use yours. Okay. She'll take the order. Um, so I'll give her one auto success. Um, do you guys have any? Oh, no, you just use your last momentum. So she gets two successes off the top. Here we go. Let's see how she does. Difficulty is three. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna roll for the ship, the Borku. Okay. Bank two momentum. As you hear that shouting noise, the rest of you, a reddish glow envelops all of you as you are beamed off of this bridge 
Seconds after your feet vanish from the deck plating of the bridge, it explodes. You arrive, and from a site-to-site transport, Commander, you beam back aboard the bridge of your vessel, along with your crew. Um, some of you were singed. I, What's that? I get up so that Commander Bamir can take the seat. <laughs> um, some of you were singed. Um, some of you have got so like smoke in your lungs, so there's some coughing as y'all beam back on board. Um, and on the view screen, you see this, like, uh, uh, looking at each other's faces as you beam back on board, you can see this, like, bright flicker suddenly as you turn and look as you watch the warp core breach in this ship that's only 300 kilometers away scatters in a fireball in space. You see the shockwave headed your way, and Bamir, you just hear Riek shout, brace. Uh, Amyan, get us out of here. Can we? Yeah. It's not gonna not three and a half ways so close. This shockwave is gonna hit you. It's only okay. one fifty telecam. Shields up. Um, yes, shields were up because you guys were at battle alert. The moment you decloaked, the ship went to battle stations because you guys right. opened fired. So um, you dash forward. You see this explosion coming. Smashes into the shields. The ship just. <laughs> Rattles for a moment. And it's kind of quiet. And you watch on the view screen as you just see pieces of this ship hurtling out into space. And it's, it's over. All right. Well done, crew. Ramyan. Um, uh, let's head back to Taivogor. Um, Any chance that some piece of data survived that explosion before I engage course? Are you asking me? I'm, I'm saying it to the crew. So, Omek, you were the one that was actually in charge of trying to get that data off of that ship. Um you go and check your science station to see how much you were able to get off. And you just see data file incomplete coming up on the transfer station. Meaning your only source of information now is the captain of the Nausicaan vessel. Uh, are the prisoners on the bridge with Ramyan or were they beamed to the brig separately? Uh, only the captain is on the bridge with you guys. Everybody else was beamed to the brig, but everyone who was off the bridge was beamed off the bridge and onto the bridge question i yeah. am still holding this dude by his neck correct uh, uh, yes 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 you beamed on board still holding him by his neck yes you are uh can i can i, I i'm assuming I'm, I'm standing next to kotar i just want to kick his prisoner and say i wanted to stab someone <laughs> That's it. you kick this prisoner who's being lifted off the ground still um, this Nausicaan is turning different colors at this point and is being kicked in his behind by a very angry XO. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I kick him and maybe he'll fall to the ground if I kick him hard enough. Is that mm -hmm. a He kind of swings a little bit. He's just being held. He is going to lose consciousness in a few moments. What would you guys like to do? Once he um, once he passes out, can I just drop him? Okay, so you do wait for him to black out. 
Yeah. Basically, his his fumbling for your hands. He tries to say something to you, but it doesn't come out. And then he his eyes roll into the back of his head, and he hangs limply from your hands. And then um, after he's done, can I look over at the captain, their captain, the non-sitting captain, and go, uh, Commander, uh, in a very Liam Neeson-esque voice, I have <laughs> skills. Uh, let me find out what's going on with these here uh, Nausikans and their plans. Um, is the is the captain in the brig too, though? No, he actually beamed with uh, Ramyan onto the oh. bridge. Okay. Yeah, so he's actually here on the bridge, being held at Disruptor Point and Mechleth Point. And okay. the only other the only th- other thing that's happening right now is the heavy thudding of an unconscious Nosican dropping to the ground near the security station. All right, um, Kotar. Yes, I want you to take this captain to a secure room and question him. And then I signal to a, a security Beck who's on the bridge and say, "Take care of that one, um, the one who's passed out. Bring okay. him to the bridge to the, to the brig." All right, he's dragged out. The captain is also escorted out by a disruptor pistol and headed down to the brig. Uh, I'd like to actually go down. Uh, well, first, um, um, I'd like to question the captain, too. Okay. Um, so let's, uh, I'm going to say Ra'amyan, set in the course for, for Taigokor. I'm saying it wrong. Taigokor. Yeah. There it is. Set in the course for Taigokor. Um, Edaj, why don't you come with us, too? Excellent. I'm hoping I can put my blades to work. And oh. Omek, <laughs> <laughs> while we're gone, I want you to just do a keep keep your sensors at the ready, just in case they have some friends who are looking for for revenge on us. I'm actually going to drown my sorrows in blood wine because I failed you guys. I apologize. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. You're fine. Let's go. <laughs> and with that, the commander just pivots on her heel and stomps off the bridge. Um, Omek, you are left alone for a moment. Looking out into the view screen, you can see the stars spinning as Ramyan taking the helm guides the IKS Borku out of the position behind the asteroid. And you watch the stars become a blur as he angles the ship back towards the side, uh, facing away from the sun. You can hear him typing in the coordinates and setting course for max uh, warp eight again. And as he's doing this, you can't shake the feeling that in that cold, dark vastness of space was the data that you were trying to get, that you were ordered to get. You had one task on that journey, on that away mission, and it eats at you. As you slide into your science station and looking at this blinking light that's confirming, written across it in Klingon, data transfer incomplete, you reflexively slam your fist against the computer console before you have an opportunity to understand your feelings. Bam! Ramyan, you can hear behind you. You know what's going on the moment you hear the fist smashing into the console. And then all is quiet on the bridge. As a few of the Becks just kind of look at each other and give Lieutenant Omek his space. But everyone saw. So, meanwhile, 
What's up? If I could do one thing. Um, yeah. As we are exiting with the prisoner, I want to actually go on comms and I want to start. <laughs> okay. The whole crew begins to join in as they hear their commander. Everyone fully aware that you guys just stomped face. That you just completely annihilated an enemy of the Klingon Empire. One that had the audacity to attack your shipyards. One that killed Klingon civilians. Not even warriors. Klingons were engineers and scientists. All killed on that station. Now those Noskins are burning in space or in your brig. And you can hear through the bulkheads as the entire crew begins to join in. As y'all are all leading this defeated Nausicaan captain down the corridor, him glancing left and right and seeing the snarling faces of angry Becks who see their enemy laughing at him, roaring cheers, calling out your name, Bimir, calling out the name of House Kavek as you guide him down this corridor. Um, a few times as he slows down, Adash just shoves him forward, the small Klingon just sending him tripping forward as he dashes towards the um, the entryway into the brig. Finally, you guys manage to get him into the room, and the roaring sound of the crew dies out as these heavy doors close behind you. Pushing him into the brig, the energy field immediately activates. You now have him at your disposal. Ooh, Captain, um, may I proceed? <laughs> Yes, I will assist however I can. Okay. So instead of activating the energy field, instead of activating the energy field as you push this Nausicaan captain in, a beat passes. And then a step as Kotar enters the brig with him. Kotar, if I can be honest, your character kind of reminds me of the Klingon version of Amos from, from the <laughs> Expanse. Um, you... Enjoying this a little too much. All seven feet of you steps in, and now you have this Nausicaan to yourself with the captain behind you. Oh, He's I'm looking at you. Uh, can I go to a replicator on the wall and get an order of Gach so I can just munch while I'm watching this? Oh, yeah, sure. It's replicated Gach, but you're just going for a snack anyway, so screw it. You yeah. just order. <laughs> yeah. And, and jam it into your mouth. I hop up on a table so I can sit and watch and eat my gawk as I dribble the wood. <laughs> you pull up a chair, kick back with this bowl of replicated gawk. Most Cleons wouldn't take the time to eat this, but again, it's a snack and this is going to be fun. Maybe if you close your eyes, it'll taste like the real thing. You just jam it into your mouth. These worms just slithering around as you just chomp them down. Um, I, I walk over to Adaj and, and take some gawk and join her and watch. I, Again, replicated gach is kind of like eating tasteless stale rice popcorn. Yeah, stale popcorn. But at the same time, it's dead replicated gach, but here you are enjoying yourselves. Maybe the show will make this better. What are you going to do, Kotar? Um, I want to take off my cufflinks and get a little loose and limber. <laughs> oh, no. And I want to tell, and I want to tell um, this here, Noskin, us 
just for your knowledge, I, I am half Vulcan and I could do this the easy way, but where's the fun in that? And so then I punch him in the stomach and then I go, this is going to be a long day for you. And then we start to commence the actions on the... All right, I won't even have you make rolls. You start pounding on him. As the two of you watch Kotar work this guy, this Nausicaan pirate does not stay on his feet very long. Kotar, what is your security roll? What is your security rating? Five. And you're daring in your fitness. What are those two? Ten, both of them. Both of them are and ten. I have, and I have a focus on athletics. Right, okay. So this mountain of a Klingon is beating the unholy hell out of this Nausicaan. Um, what occurs to this Nausicaan as you're decking him left and right, punching him in the stomach, lifting him up off the ground, this guy's the same size as you, Kotar. As you're pounding on him, it starts to occur to the Nausicaan, you haven't even asked questions yet. <laughs> um, eventually, after a few good meaty smacks of your fist against this guy's face, his skull, his chest, his stomach, he finally drops to the floor on all fours and coughs up this dark greenish reddish ichor. <laughs> Spatters all over the bulkhead. <clears throat> oh, I step in and just interrupt. I'm like, whoa, let's hold on a second, Kotar. Let's let him speak a little bit. And I say, hey, you want some gas? <laughs> <laughs> Can the gym drop down while I go grab something? I go, you know what? My bad. I got a little carried away. Uh, that's my bad. That's my bad, Captain. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I tag out Kotar as I pat him on the back as he leaves, and I come inside the room, and I'm like, hey, buddy, you doing okay down there? He's good Klingon, bad Klingon. He slowly gazes up at you through the hair that's casting across his face. The air mask on his face has shattered from the impacts of Kotar hitting him again and again. You can see the breakage forming in the, in the, uh, in the casing. And you can hear a slight wheeze underneath and he just look, he doesn't respond. He just looks at you. Yeah. I, I, I help him to his feet and I get him a Ractagino from the replicator. Then okay. I it over to him and I say, let's just take our time. And you, you tell us, what you are doing on the Klingon rock planet. I forgot the name of it. Okay. He, you sit him down on this metal slab that is a bed, and he just... <sighs> you reach over, hand him a hot cup of rock to Gino, and he looks at it, and he looks at you, and he slowly takes it, and he just moves it aside and sets it down next to him. He doesn't drink it. He just sets it down. And he just, what do you want from me? Tell us why you were at the Klingon space uh, shipyard. That's all we want to know. Something super simple. We were hired to steal something from your database. Oh, oh, that's, that's easy. What were you hired to steal? Something, something called the Gukmo. The Gukmo, I don't know. Could you tell me more about that? I don't know what it is. 
I was just told that it was information about a ship that was built there called the Gurmoh. And you were able to take it? Is that right? Yes. We made the delivery. Who did you deliver it to? We didn't get a good look at who it was. They were in a civilian freighter. Hmm. Okay. Do you know when and where? You're being so helpful right now. Such a good, good friend. We rendezvoused with them behind the asteroid. They paid us and left. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, well, um, we're just going to have... A- Amir, Captain B, did you want to ask anything else in here? I, I still have my bowl of gach. Civilians from where? Civilians from where, friend? I don't know where they came from. I don't ask those questions. He just wanted information on a ship called the Guhmo. Is, is there anything else? No. XO, can I tag in now? Yeah, oh, I feel like he's not being very forthcoming. I'm so sorry, my dear friend, but my my Kotar has to come back in here again. I'll be back in a I little bit. I don't know anything else. That's all that happened. Oh, dear. Oh, no. Kotar, it's your turn now. I'm, so- I'm sorry. There wasn't anything I could do. You step back into the room, and this Nausicaan begins to slide away from you, Kotar, and says, that, that's all that happened. That's all I know. Can I, can I do an insight? check to see if if yeah. he is holding back yeah um i would set the difficulty of this at one it's insight command go ahead and make your roll all right insight command that's 14 <clears throat> targets <laughs> no success and i got a 20. excellent sorry <laughs> he's, he's lying You're going to have to wail on this guy for a while. He's absolutely lying. 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 He's probably probably just trying to get out of this. You know for a fact fact that that was never a shipyard. That that was a a scrapyard. It's been a scrapyard for ages. They don't build ships there. They don't keep ships there. He's lying about something. Can I walk in there and kneel down to him and go, buddy, buddy, buddy. I am Kotar, son Dakor, son Lysos. And I pull my hair back and show him my ears. And I'm like, I want you to see this. My name is Kotar because I am the ferryman of death. Do you want me to show you why I am named that? No. And then no. I pick him back up. <laughs> <laughs> back Barely up. gets an answer. All right. So we'll say the camera pans to a silhouette on the wall of you playing this guy like a harpsichord. Um, you basically just pound on him and pound on him and pound on him. Um, he eventually loses consciousness and drops like a heap to the ground, broken and bloodied. It takes about 10 minutes of constant beating until the prisoner is completely out with vicious wounds. That's probably going to require medical attention. You beat him well past injury. Kotar beats him within an inch of his life. If he's out, I'm actually going to leave this brig and go to where the other are. Okay. 
Um, um, Adaj, gonna, out of curiosity, are you going to apply medical attention or are you going to let him try to sleep this off? I am going to apply medical attention. Um, okay. I also want to, the sick bay to alert me when he's about to wake up so I can be the first person that he sees when he wakes up. Okay. So why don't we get from you real quick? We're finally, oh my gosh, Jade, we're finally going to get a medicine check from you. Ooh. And you're not using it to kill someone. So wow. you're going to roll control plus medicine. Uh, the difficulty of this is one. And I get two rolls, right? Uh, if you spend yeah. momentum and your cautious kicks into play, yeah. Oh, but I usually get two rolls by default, right? Oh, you always roll 2d20. Yeah. Yep. I got a 13 and a 7, and those are two successes. Okay. Okay. You managed to stabilize him. Um, you, you give him a spray as well so that the pain will eventually wear off. But, yeah, he's, he's going to be out for a while. Um, you do manage to keep him from slipping into coma and dying. Um, all right. You return Bimir to the bridge. Is that correct? No, I'm going to wherever the other prisoners are being held. I um, figure there's... there's I, thought, a I was thinking bay. we had him separate. Yeah, we had mm -hmm. him separate, and then we put everyone else somewhere else. You go into the cargo bay, and you see... I'm sorry? I was going to ask a question. Sure. Um, after the captain does whatever she does, can I go to Buddy, who escaped beforehand? It's just, just me and him. <laughs> uh, yeah, he is going to be in the... He's going to be in the infirmary. Okay. I want to go take a visit to him okay okay so <laughs> captain heads to the cargo bay where the rest of the nausicans who survived this meanwhile there's a nausican in the infirmary that's slowly waking up to your face gazing down at him um let's real quick uh what do, what is your intention in the infirmary kotar i want to um tell him i'm saying uh nothing is going to happen to you right now but once you can stand uh, I will have a blade ready for you, and you will meet me. And then I walk out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> you very calmly let him know that once he's healed, you're going to murder him, and you walk out of the infirmary with one of the medics looking at you as you go. She just looks down at him and says, he probably will, and goes back to uh, attending to him. In the cargo bay, you walk in, there are five Nausicans in here, the only survivors of that ship. They are currently being held up against the wall by Klingons with disruptor rifles. They see you come in and they begin to step back and nodding to you interference. What do you do, Commander, as you enter? I'm going to shout out, who's the second in command? No one speaks up. I pull out my uh, disruptor and I point it at who I think might be the second in command. Your guess is as good as any. These Noskins all look like they are wearing non-uniformed attire. It's hard to tell. It looks like they're wearing like piece males. Oh, okay. Uh, I can't tell. No. Can no I, can wearing. I, can I use some type of like insight command thing to s just sense body language to see if I can snuff out who you can try. They're all up against a wall right now, kind of standing in a row. So no one's really exhibiting most of them are just kind of looking fearful, but if you want to see if anyone's exhibiting any kind of like command behavior, you can make the chance. Yeah. So I would say insight oh, command. What's I up? guess what I mean is I, I think if I notice the commanding officer is like, what am I trying to say? Um, I know as a commanding officer, I would be 
tense if someone pointed a disruptor at my one of my crew members. So I want to see when I point a disruptor at someone who is the most tense because I feel like that might be the commander. Okay, I'm going to set the difficulty of that at three. Um, since okay. these are pirates, it's very likely that whoever you point the they gun at, commander <laughs> is going to be like, yeah, fucking kill him. All right. Um, I'd like to call on a value. Uh, Have can. you already spent your determination this game? No. Okay. Which value are you going to call in? Well, let's see if any of these work. Uh, perseverance leads to glory and honor. The art of war. A warrior has no script. And we will make a way out of no way. Not really. Okay. Not well, yeah. then then how about I use uh, either observation or intimidation? I guess observation. As a focus? Yeah. Um, yeah, observation or yeah, observation or intimidation would work here. Totally. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead and make um, it well. Difficulty is three. Right. Okay. And uh, is this? Uh, presence, it's presence command. Presence command. Ooh, even better. Okay. Yep, it's what you do. Do you, do you all mind if I spend a momentum? Get an do extra it. die. All right. Do all right. You. All right. I got one, two, three successes. You gaze as you aim this disruptor going down the line to see if any of them react. All of them are equally... You get the impression that these pirates are convinced they're going to die. Mm -hmm. um, but you don't see anything that, that flags any of them as a leader of any kind. All right. And one of them then, finally speaks up and says, he's not here. Your second in command isn't here? What he died. Who's who's the next in command in this group? Who is the senior off senior pirate? They look at each other, and one of them says, "There is no senior. There's just the captain and the second in command." All right, I grab that one who's talking. You and I, up. yeah, and okay. I'm gonna bring him bring him with me to back to where we were with the other dude. Okay, you guys re-enter the brig with this Nausicaan. What do you do? You Kotar. see. <laughs> Kotar is actually not in the brig anymore. <laughs> you uh, so I'm gonna, for him? I'm, yeah, I'm going to channel to Kotar and a dodge because I like their <laughs> good Klingon, bad Klingon thing okay. they did. Okay. Commander. Need you back down in the brig. You two, a dodge. Yeah. Copy that. And they so are later. I'm actually, sorry, uh, if I can, y'all, if y'all, uh, while they're on their way, I'm actually going to look at this dude and say, Listen, my tactical security officer is not going to give you a good time right now. He's on his way here. But if you give me the information I need before he gets here, I can spare your life. What information do you want? I need to know how you, who told you? to take data off of that shipyard, what you took, and where you delivered it. I'm just, I'm nobody. I did, I, I'm nobody. I punched, I punched him in the mouth. You deck him across the face. Um, he goes, Ugh. and wipes some of the blood away from his mouth. You see you've actually broken one of the tusks that he has coming up from his bottom lip. Um, he looks back at you and says, I'm not lying. Tell me how to get this information. 
It was in our computers. I think he knows. And he points at the captain who's unconscious on the ground. He never told us. We were just supposed to meet a buyer, somebody who hired us to do this. We raided this station. He got the information. Then we sold it. We gave it to whoever it was that needed it. Some, some kind of ship. I don't know. Uh, do you have do you have any communicators or any type of data pads? What do you use? He reaches down, um, and one of the Bex that's in the room with you immediately pulls a disruptor pistol as he's reaching for his belt, um, and he's, he raises his hands slowly. It says, "There's a communicator underneath my belt." Slowly. He Take slowly. It out pulls out this rusty, like, failing-looking communication device. Okay. I uh, take it. You take it. You look at it. It looks like... It doesn't look like any particular government owns these. It looks like a standard sort of civilian-looking, like, you're holding your fist kind of communication device. Unlock it. It's not locked. It's You just flip it on like this, and then he clicks it, and just, it activates. All right, I'm, I'm going to just push him in the chest back into the brig and then okay. activate the energy field. It says, what are, you, what are you going to do with it? There's no one that only reached our ship. It's just going to be static. You better hope that I get what I need off of this. There's nothing uh, on it. It's a communicator. You're not going to get anything off of it. I, I, I've told you everything. Well, I need, I need something. All I know is that there was something at that shipyard. Uh, it was supposed to be a shipyard, and, and there was some, something you're supposed to do with the ship. I didn't get the information. I, was only, I only heard about it. He knows everything, and he points down at the captain again. Okay. Um, all right, and I'm going to leave that him. Point, <laughs> the tall, shadowing form of Kotar steps back into the room, followed by a dodge with a big grin on her face as okay. your security officer and your second-in-command step into the room. Um, I'm going to go up to them so I can speak quietly without the the guy hearing. And I'm going to say, he doesn't know anything. But the captain does. So, Edaj, I need you to bring the captain back. Um, Kotar, I need you to... Yeah, wake him up. Kotar, I need you to... I need you to scare him, but don't hurt him. Don't don't knock him out again, because he actually is the only way we can get what we need. The captain or or this guy right here? Uh, wake the captain up. Leave this guy alone for now. You could just look at him and scare him, but don't. And I, have, he, and I have a question, him. Captain. Yep. Um, yep. Can I make an example of him in front of the captain and see yes, what can. happens from that? Uh, yes, you can. I have an alternative as well. Um, yes. Could, I'm hoping that I could inject some sort of paralysis uh, drug into him so that he can't move any limbs below his neck. And I'd like to wake him up and tell him that he's uh, been paralyzed uh, and tell him that I can restore his body if he gives us information that we need. Oh, my God. Can we do that? Yes, you can give him a toxin that will disable him and may render him unable to move. Yes. It's essentially like giving him an an anesthetic that will... It's temporary. (laughs) Can we do both and just, like, post him up, you know, in a weird... Advice the same. (laughs) <laughs> you render him unable to move. You start making an example of the other guy. You basically, the three of you basically establish a pretty terrifying triad of intimidation. 
Um, for time, you do wake up the captain. You help him up to a sitting position so he can look at you. He notices that he's unable to actually move his body as you start wailing on the pirate that you've gotten in there. And he glances over at you and he's moving his head and he's watching this happen. And he just watches. What do you want to ask him? Question. Um, before, uh, I want to get two punches in just so he knows what's up. But can I give him a blade and say um, there is no honor in downing an unarmed opponent? Uh, yes, but he drops it immediately. I mean, the moment I'm, you the and attack an unarmed, he immediately is like unarms, disarms himself immediately. He drops the dagger on the ground. <laughs> well, then can I take my bet left and stab him and lift him up and say there's less honor in being a coward? <laughs> yes, you can. I want to do that. <laughs> okay. You watch the dagger hit the ground. You turn, reach down. Grab the batleth that's nearby. Um, how much momentum do you guys have? Two. All right, so you're going to have to spin that in order to get the opportunity cost of the batleth. Because there's no batleth in this room right now. If you spin the opportunity cost, you brought a batleth. Can we save that for trying to get just like some information from the captain? It's yeah. your call. Yeah. Um, that's fine. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be real nice. I'm going to pick up his hand and be like, I tried to save you and your body, and then I let it drop. I'm like, ugh, <laughs> but it was really, really hard. And I just, I'm trying so hard to give you full use of your body. If He's you, just staring at you. <laughs> if you could just help us a little bit, I feel like I could restore your full body back to you if you give us just the information that we need. I'm done with games. I've told you everything I know. Either kill me and be done with this. Or drop me off somewhere. But you didn't tell us what you know. Told you, you. lied. You Why lied would I lie? He because you don't. You want us to end this, but guess what? We're not actually not going to end this. You think we're bloodthirsty warriors who can't control ourselves? We're not going to kill you. Yeah. I think you're monsters. I think you're more like me. Maybe we are, but we're smarter than you. So we know not to kill you because you have more to tell us. So you can actually make this go as long as you want. Or you can end this and tell us what we need to know and stop lying to our faces. You are high. I wanna can I roll aid. intimidation? Yeah, if you wanna if you want to roll intimidation. Go ahead. Yeah. But here's the thing, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, you guys have Three times now, succeeded on yeah, roll to get what okay. you want from him. And we still don't have it. <laughs> no, he's actually told you the truth. He's actually come oh. out and told you everything he knows, but you rolled a complication. <laughs> so, Vamir, uh -huh. your instinct was is that he was lying to you, and you beat him within an inch of his life. You now received further confirmation from this second pirate, and now he's telling you again, I've told you everything you know, everything that I know. We were hired to raid the station. We were supposed to get information off of it about some ship called the, the Bachma or whatever. Guchma, I think. Guchma. We steal the information and then bring it back to the buyer at the disclosed location. We never saw the buyer's face. We never knew who that person was. That's standard business. Can I ask a question of my captain? Captain, 
can we in EXO Adage uh, show our guests to our hospitalities in the way that we are most accustomed? Mm, I'm not sure what you mean. <laughs> we killed them. They, know no. nothing. they have nothing else to give us. No. Uh, Adage, restore him and put him in the brig with the other one. I think we're done here. Okay. Um, and then I uh, gently put his hands back down from where they were kind of, I kind of throw them. And I say, mm -hmm. what's your name, Nausicaan? Mrock. Rob, we're going to take good care of you now that you're one of my patients. And then I take him to the brig. Now, or the, the just activate the energy field. Yeah. So the three um, of you leave the brig together? Yeah. And on the way out, I tell Kotar, they do not deserve the release of death. Can I, uh, I want to look at the Nazkin and say, Three friends. Uh, now you just have to meet the end of my blade without its mercy. Mm. And then I commence to cut them up and beat them up. For the Wait, so you're going to... So, so just, just to be clear, the captain's given the order to leave them alone. Are you going to pull out your blades and kill them anyway? No, I'm not going to kill them. I'm just going to beat up this one because I assume the captain and Nidaj took the uh, commander of that ship and then well, no, the who was the second command. They left, right? <laughs> So the commander gave the order to throw them both into the brig and leave them alone that you guys were done there. If you okay. want right. to attack them while you can, you'd be going against your orders. No, I don't. Do I'm waiting for Buddy who's sleeping. That's, oh, that's they're all unconscious. And the other, that guy, they're all done. No, I'm They've just waiting worked. for that guy. I'm in a yeah. rush. I'm just waiting for that guy. Since we uh, know his name, uh, I know this might sound like a silly question. Can I do like a somewhat of a Google search on this guy and try to figure out like, he has family and maybe we can bring in his family and like use that as leverage to kind of like get any other kind of information out of him. Yeah. I mean, um, I mean, so the information, so you, the, I'll go ahead and tell you because you guys have succeeded on the role multiple times. Now you literally have all the information that he had. So you have all the information that this Nausicaan actually had available to him regarding the mission that he accomplished. You can try looking up his name you have that he was supposed to raid a station and he gave you another name too. Those are the three bits of information you have. You can use the computers to look those up. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, when I say we're done here, um, I motion for Idaj and Kotar to follow me back to the brig, to the okay. bridge. Um, and on the way I say they do not deserve the release of death. Kotar save your, save your strength for another, uh, some other fight. It's not worth it. I apologize, Captain. I, I let my anger control me. It is out of character for me. It's all right. Just let's remember why we're here. You arrive on the bridge. Crews leave their stations as you all resume your posts. Um, what would you like to do? I'd like to find the location of Gookmall as well as a... Uh, any relationship to um, the, uh, I, I need to find the commander, uh, any kind of okay. thing that he has of some sort, if I can. Okay. So, you use the computer's database. So, Omek, I'm going to need you to make a roll. You're going to need to roll your, 
This is actually going to be a reason. I would say this is a reason. I would say this is a reason science check for you as you're doing some problem solving here. And whoever wants to roll for the IKS Borku, this is computers plus security. I'll roll it. It's just the one, right? Uh, yes. The difficulty for this roll is five. Woo, I got a 15 and a one. That's two successes. Nope. You got a one. So that's yeah. a critical hit. So that's two successes. Oh. The 15 counts. So that's three successes. Hey. Once again, computer security. Uh, computer security. Yes. Now, uh, because you rolled when I gave you the difficulty, I will let you spend momentum to gain a third die here since you didn't get a chance to do that, if you want. Because you do have two momentum, am I correct? You decided not to burn that to get the opportunity cost on the bat left. So I give you that option. Yeah, use that momentum. Okay. Uh, in that case, Philip, go ahead and roll one more d20 and tell me what you get. 11. Yes, success. Okay, so now, Quincy, go ahead and roll for the IKS Borku. Tell me what you get. Failure. Failure. So that's a total of how many successes? Four, I believe, correct? Four. Okay. The computer immediately knows the name Guchmo. And it immediately locks you out. Whatever Guchmo is, it's classified. And it has a high-level clearance on it from Imperial Intelligence. Klingon Imperial Intelligence. Captain, what precisely were we sent to find? We were sent to, to capture or destroy the Nausicaan Raiders. So that was the message that came up on this, but one name does flag. Shipyard 20, the, the Scrapyard 26, where you all found the IKS Borku waiting for you. Scrapyard 26, where you all showed up and managed to get together and save that scrapyard from being raided by these Nausicans. A piece of information that's very curious does come up. And it immediately, to those of you who know your Klingon history, you become aware immediately of the implications that might be involved here. As the data is playing across the view screen in front of you, Bamir, you and Adaj side by side watching it as you're basically watching in real time as Omek is digging through files and using keywords that you guys have learned. You see that the Guchmo is classified. You don't know what it is. But curiously enough, that station, that scrapyard, Scrapyard 26, it used to have another name. It was once called Mook Station. And it was owned personally by the House of Chang, who was headed by none other than one of the most infamous generals in Klingon history. As it all settles in, 
that is where we wrap up our first session of Blood of the Void. So, you killed Nausicans. You uncovered the plot. You found top secret files. Something is going on here. And you've uncovered a name from Klingon history, General Chang. This scrapyard did indeed used to be a shipyard, a shipyard that was controlled by the family, the house of Chang, a, a house that has fallen into disgrace hundreds of years ago, over a hundred years ago. The last time the house of Chang was in existence was 2293. So it's been a while. <laughs> Guys, this was the end of our very first game session for Blood of the Void. Thank you so much. I hope you all had fun. Did y'all enjoy Hello. playing Klingons and backing the hell out of things? Um, as we wrap up here, I just want to give everyone a thank you for joining us for this first chapter in this new campaign. We're going to be back on the 27th. Um, and on the 27th, we are going to be jumping forward in time. So it'll be six months later. We're going to catch up to where the USS Ross is. Or that's not six months. We're going to catch up to the start date of where the USS Ross is at. As these campaigns will officially be joining side by side in their timeline. We'll find out what's been going on since discovering this. What the story here is with Klingon intelligence. And what is the IKS Borku up to now? Where is she stationed? And what is her crew doing? Until then... We leave you with this. Die well. <laughs>